happening now no now now it is okay well uh, then let's do it it's a movie movie yeah let's do it I'm let's do it. it yeah good good evening everyone boom 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 tomahawk my name is garrett smith <laughs> my name is dan scully i like good good good, good evening boom tomahawk i got an invite to a monster truck rally oh. through like it was like capital one wants to give you three dollar ticket i'm not gonna go because it's far away yeah. but that's like a monster truck rally thing it's yeah. always like come, 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 come on out yeah, on yeah. sunday so, you know, yeah. that sunday kind of sunday sunday kids come in for free we've got tater tots <laughs> fries Grave digger. I like the idea that they they offer both tater tots and fries. <laughs> Isn't it, I feel like that would be a thing yeah. that they have there. Yeah. Do you like foam fingers? We, Fuck you. We got trucks. We oh, serve we only fourteen varieties of potatoes. <laughs> Speaking of potatoes, yeah, exactly. I just I, that's actually something I will say. I would like to go to a monster truck rally before I die. I think that I went to one as a kid. I feel like I went to like a destruction derby as a kid. Yeah, even better. And I feel like there was maybe like a monster truck show like before the derby mm. something like that the dude that lived across the street from me like did destruction derbies every year that's so fucking he, cool he had like a different car every year that would just sit on his fucking front lawn that he would like you know just spray paint and like get ready to fucking that's destruction awesome. derby what yeah. A hobby. yeah he's probably got such bad whiplash yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah he was like a mechanic or something like on a, you know oh, good his, on uh, him. his daytime that's super yeah. cool yeah super cool yeah i want to go to one i want to see the dragon that eats cars yeah i want to because we've got oh, the like, dragon that eats cars you know, the big dragon that yeah eats cars? That, i've always wanted to see i that. don't it's think like i've ever seen that yeah and then I feel like we've got to be. I don't know how many grave diggers there've been. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna presume that they probably switch out the driver. Yeah, and I if would they imagine. Don't it's probably, you know, it's probably just another. You know, he's I, not Undertaker. Where or right. maybe there's more than one Undertaker. I don't know. I don't know I don't enough know. about. He's, he's not yeah. the Rock. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't keep replacing the Rock, but you can keep having new grave diggers. I know. Did you see the picture of the Rock and Hobbs and Shaw today? No, no. Is it shiny? <laughs> he put a picture on Instagram, and it's like. Uh, him like in the midst of some Samoan ritual or something, oh, like, what, like a haka or whatever it is. Yeah, and so it's like the post is like, oh, I'm putting my culture into this one, which is like kind of interesting, I guess. He but did the, that in the in the eighth one. I know it's like it's, kids. it's very interesting. I, like I don't. It, I mean, hey, I, mean, I know it's it's like cool that he uh, is like happy about that and Absolutely. like is c- including that in his movie. But it's a I don't know. It's very bizarre. But the funniest thing about the picture is like. He is like actually starting to look like a rock. He is just yeah. like a big chiseled like lump. <laughs> like I feel like he's and this I hate to say it. Yeah. I think he's definitely on some kind of steroids. Uh, he's eaten, he, he he's somehow enormous. gets bigger every time. It's it's insane. Yeah. I remember seeing huge rock yeah. 10 yeah. years ago and he looks he looks like he's me and I look tiny like it's it, it, just fast five to fast seven, which can't <laughs> be insane. more than like five years. He at least triples in size. It, it lo- fast seven rock looks like he could eat four fast five yeah. rocks for breakfast. He probably did. Yeah, it's oh, my flies down because we're talking. Oh about my rock. god! It's I, but even in fast eight, he yeah. was like veiny in a way. And yeah, like that kind of yeah that like, roid uh, voice. Don't yeah. do it. I know that makes me upset. I don't want. I don't want the rock to be. But like he also. I mean, maybe we're. I don't know. Underestimating. He's got. Yeah, have you ever seen true. those Instagram videos where, of his With like his mobile gym? gym? That's true. He he walks the. I I've always liked the rock because he seems to walk the walk and. Talk 
talk the talk. <laughs> yes. He does he, a lot of, a lot yeah, of he rocks the rock. Just do, he's yeah. the rock. Yeah. He's the rock. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually will apologize for being presumptive about yeah. abuse. Yeah. Well, but dude yeah. looked roided out. I, he does. And he even has that like voice that like yes, wrestlers yeah. get when they get older and stuff. It, yeah. I know. Uh, I know. It scares me. It's it's worse. I want him because without him, who's who are we going to pair with? Kevin Hart. I, exactly. David Spade. We're going to try and switch him right. up with someone yeah. else again. It's no. Not, it's it's. Wait a minute. <laughs> David that, Spade. I would Kevin watch. Hart. I that I would watch. That be cool. But like, what's actually going to happen is like they're going to pair John Cena with him, and like John Cena is a fucking like cut rate rock. Let's be yeah. honest. He's he's B rock. He's yeah. TV rock. Yeah 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 yeah. Because yeah, even like blockers. He's, he's funny in that. Yeah. But like, let's stop kidding ourselves. Yeah, John yeah. Cena is not a good actor. Yeah yeah yeah. What's funny is that he's John. Cena. It, what's funny That's is the funny th- and he's yeah. charismatic. Yeah, but like even in the marine, I mean, in the marine, all he had to do yeah. is. They took my wife. <laughs> That's yeah. all it was. Well, he does the thing that, like, I feel like The Rock kind of won't do, which is like the joke about Cena is just like, look at what this enormous man is doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like the joke of his character in every single movie he's, he's in. A giant man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. He's yeah. like, he's. <laughs> what's funny is I just for some reason I picture John Cena as this big dude and he's just got this little tiny peepee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just got a little. Th- I, I honestly, <laughs> that is kind of the joke of like the characters he plays yeah, on screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Honestly, maybe that's why I picture. Yeah, I, all the time. Yeah, that, I feel At like night. that's kind of the joke of those those characters. Anyway, we've gone on a long. You know, though, let's yeah. use this as a segue while yes. we're talking about the upcoming movie that I will only name by its full title: Fast and Furious presents Hobbs ampersand Shaw. <laughs> Indeed, um, we have a show coming up, likely yes. the same time as this episode drops. Indeed. So if it's early in the day and it's Sunday. Uh, the 27th. Yep. Uh, pause this episode. Yes. It'll be here when you get back. Because yep. we're at Tattooed Moms right now. Yes. For the uh, Headstrong to Take on Cancer. Yes. Uh, oh, I like uh, that. Benefit. You, you totally you synthesize that joke into something that like works <sighs> now. It's great. I love Finally, it. Finally, that yeah. song has some yeah. purpose. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, our yes. block is at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. And, but there's Tattooed also going to be stuff going on all day. All day long. A lot of great podcasts. Multiple venues. Yes, multiple you, venues. You Shame to, Files yeah. will be there. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, so yeah. come out, hang out with us. We'll yeah. have some beers. We'll eat yeah, some look tots. Up the, they uh, have tots there. They do have tots there. <laughs> We're going to have some tots. Uh, it's it's the, uh, the Headstrong uh, Comedy Festival, I think. Uh, look that up on uh, Facebook. And, um, yeah, you can find the whole schedule for the, the whole thing. We recommend you come. Uh, and it's uh, a cancer charity. Yes. Uh, we're so trying to purchase more cancer. <laughs> and we're going to spread it out of the yes. world through uh, satellites. Indeed. Yes, and chemtrails. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you took it immediately <laughs> into conspiracy theory territory. you got to. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's that how you know it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You yeah. have to get there. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, but no, it's a good charity. Yes, you it should is. Come out and yeah. throw some money down. Yeah. Have a good time. He's, uh, uh, it means a lot to us if you show up, and it means it really a lot to does. Kevin if you show up. So yep. yeah, come on out. It's gonna be and it's gonna be awesome. It's so gonna be a good time. And uh, Dan was right to segue in that particular way because oh, yeah, we are the whole point of the segue. We are uh, we're gonna do a live show about our love of the family, the Fast the and family. Furious franchise, the Fast and Furious family. Uh, we're gonna do some games. We're gonna bring some prizes. Uh, it's gonna be all Fast and Furious themed. It's gonna be a blast. So uh, yeah, please come out, guys. Never ever turn your back on family. Live your life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> and it's you're probably, if you're a listener to the show, I guarantee you're probably about a quarter mile away yeah. from tattooed moms. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. Uh, that's not the case. Yes. It's not the uh, case at all. We're fucking huge. Yeah. With a burst. Yes. Uh, so today, uh, we decided yes. what we want to talk about. So uh, d- hopefully you listened to our last episode where Dan and I both discovered that Mary Lambert's Pet Cemetery is a fucking bananas great 
I think legit kind of, scary. Yeah, like legit scary movie. Yes, I like really liked it. I, I don't maybe underrated is the wrong term to throw at it, but I feel it's it feels like yet another movie that I don't hear enough people talk about that yeah, I just yeah. like loved. You know what though? It's one of those things that now that it's been in my life for yeah. what three weeks yeah. now. It's, uh, People are coming out of the woodwork to be like, "Yeah, dude, that movie rocks." Well, I feel like it's just been coming up more regularly. Yeah, like I've been. It's just well, been I mean, the remake's on its way out, you know. Yeah, so it's true, like I think true. that's probably a little pet cemetery in the air. Reference Zelda. Yes, and I was like, okay, uh, that's I, maybe what I was missing these references. Right, I don't know. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's in. I would say that it's underspoken about. I think it's yeah. just. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's, it's underseen. It's largely just, dismissed. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone I know has seen it. Yeah. Uh, Jenna, she does not like horror movies. Right. And she loves that movie. Oh, awesome. When I told her I was watching it, she's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then we got into, into it about Zelda. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so oh, I love that. Yeah, it's... So uh, Dan and I both discovered like how much we loved that movie, and I think in particular we were both very taken uh, with the director Mary Lambert, um, who has done a lot of music videos. Uh, she directed Halloween Town Two, which if you are a sort of early millennial like Dan and I, uh, you probably uh, know or appreciate. Or is that what we're called early millennials? I think so. Yeah. I think we're like the I'm very early. Are, yeah, I think we're the literally like the earliest so I think part it's of like it. Like 82 and all something, or something like, like that. that yeah i'm an old millennial yeah but so yeah Ooh. she directed that uh, that disney movie that uh, i i was of the right age that halloween town 2 is something i remember mm, uh, i've not seen it it was uh, they remember disney used to do those like uh, made for tv disney movies like once a month yeah, yeah. there was a new one like, like Brink. johnny tsunami yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah remember brink <laughs> I don't remember the rollerbladers. I didn't. I didn't have Disney Channel growing up. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, fair, was, fair. Uh, we had one TV. Yeah. And my TV watched what Dad watched. Uh-huh. You want to talk about Wings? <laughs> I've seen all of Wings. <laughs> I remember that show. <laughs> I love Wings. That's uh, what's his name? I've uh, seen like maybe the... fifteen Seinfelds from I've TV's seen all of Wings. The Shining. Yes, Brian Weber. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Weber. Stephen Weber. Yeah, so he yeah. plays Brian Hackett right. on Wings. Yes. Yeah. Brian and Joe. Joe of. Uh, yeah. of uh, I remember of, uh, Wings. Uh, what's his name? Tim Daly. Tim Daly. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, anyway, so we decided Brother to watch Pet Cemetery too. Yes, yeah. Pet Cemetery yeah. too. Uh, because it's also directed by Mary Lambert, uh, mm. which kind of def- that's the takeaway here. Yes, she's really a phenomenal. Director. She's awesome. There's yeah. some really, really good stuff in these movies yeah. that that is. You know, evocative of all the things that I like out of '80s movies, but yes. done in a way that that isn't typical to them. No, I agree. And it's it, there's just an art to it, and it's a shame when you look at her filmography and you see that like the work isn't that heavy for her. Yeah, it, it feels like she's somebody that definitely uh, should have been on the level of like a. Um, uh, uh, why can't I think of her name now? Um, Bigelow. Yes, exactly. Mm. That's a, yes, because that's actually what you and I were talking about as we were watching Pet Cemetery too. We'll we'll get into it in a minute, but like I want to see the Mary Lambert action movie. Hell. Yet. Like I, there's a car chase in this that looks fantastic. Yeah, I, and even if it's just like we, you know, we do what we did with a uh, what's his name, a uh, uh, Fred Decker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, just oh, you're working on a on a predator. She yep. could do a predator. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would love great. to see it. I would love to see it. She actually, she'd make a great predator because she, the way she handles horror is like pretty vicious. Oh yeah, and the it's, creatures are fucking gnarly tits. Yeah, yeah. So uh, good. Uh, I chose that term purposefully. Uh, I was going to say there are some yeah. gnarly tits in this movie. <laughs> tits in this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, like Test to a doggy dog. Indeed. Uh, so Pop anyway, ups. we were just like really taken with her work on the on the first one and decided like, why don't we do the sequel? We've discovered with the Psycho series that we shouldn't underestimate movies just because they're sequels that nobody talks about. They they might be worth something, and we decided to to give her it's worth checking out her Pet Cemetery Ever to since a try. Psycho that is like yeah, those have have. 
and actually in in researching our list which we're going to talk about later yes. is just some of our favorite horror sequels yes. uh, in looking it up that was one thing that kept coming up were psycho 2 and psycho 3 yeah and everybody's write-up was the same that was like nobody thinks about these movies yep. but they're actually kind of phenomenal yeah and the second awesome. one's damn near perfect the second one's amazing it's, it's totally amazing yeah and so you know at, at at worst, you check out one of these old horror movies and you're out seventy nine minutes. Yeah, you know, right. So exactly. Like you're good. Yeah. So yeah, it's been worth it to check some shit it, out. It really has, and this fucking proved the same thing again for me. I like the, I re- ended up really enjoying Pet Cemetery too. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of excited to like jump jump in and and uh, talk about it here. Oh, when I said that I was gonna watch this movie, yeah. Um, after watching the first one, I was like, oh, I should check out the sequel. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy. He's like related to uh, movies somehow on Twitter. I forget sure. his last name. Morgan. Okay. Just trying to give you a shout out, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we chat movies sometimes, and he said about this movie, and I think it's accurate. He said it's very mean. Yeah, and this uh, movie is very mean. It's very mean, and, and like the first one has like a uh, first one has a fantastical element. Yes, to it that I think is sourced out of Stephen King. Agreed. He has some sort of like carnival religious aspect yeah. to everything, and uh, I think it came through in that. And I here th- it's just set dressing. I was gonna say, I think if you've seen this movie, you're gonna think I'm insane for saying this, but this movie is like very grounded compared to the first one. I think, mm-hmm. which sounds insane it's if not you've as seen fanciful. it. But I don't know. There's just yeah. there's not the magic aspect. The magic isn't really a character, right? Right. I think in the same way that uh, to to credit Steve, friend of the show, yes, he always says the thing that makes Inception such a good movie is that the main character is the concept of Inception, <laughs> right? Yeah. And like in the in the first movie, I think that whole not the whole movie, but part of it is introducing you to that world. The spiritual realm of some yeah, kind. Yeah, it's like somewhat that, of a character yeah, in the movie. Yeah. That in this, it's not. It's just no. the background to set up the plot and the people are what's important. So yeah. it, it has, it's going to naturally be more grounded. Yeah, uh, and I, I will say like at first, I was not sure how I felt about that choice. Mm. And much like the first Pet Cemetery, the the early parts of this movie, I wasn't disengaged or anything, but I was like kind of waiting for the movie to start. Mm. I was like, "Where are we it going? What are we to doing?" Me, like the later Halloween entries, yeah. When you get into you know four, five, and six, and there's just like I don't want to say that they're turgid, but there's just something about them where you're like, they just feel bland. There, uh, blank check uses this term shoe leather all the time. Yeah, and it, uh, yeah, that's totally spot on. It's it, there's a, there's some shoe leather to get through before you get to the pet cemetery of it all. Uh, but the that's first a great term, it, it really is. I mean, it, it so accurately describes it. Kind of looks like shoe leather. It uh, yeah, has a little bit. Color palette. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit. It's orangey brown. It's actually a good leather. looking movie too. But it's it, it, it's a uh, drab. It feels in my head. I'm picturing late '90s New Line Cinema. Yeah, uh, uh, that color palette yep, yep. that they all sort of took. Yep, but it's more early '90s. I'm like associating it with Halloween Six pretty heavily. Okay, okay, but it still has the elements like we always talk about. Yeah, uh, backlit trees with yep, a spotlight totally. and fog coming yep. through them. So there's still a foot in the '80s. This is '92. Yeah, yep. so it still sort of has that that look to it. But yeah, it's it's shoe leather. It's it is a little bit, yeah. but but it not in a, in a way that ultimately serves the movie fairly well. I think like she it took you and I were very impressed as we got into the back half of the movie how much she had actually set so many yes. things up. So that by the time you get to the back half, it's payoff, 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 payoff. It's weird little choices, too. Yeah. Um, and they were all little things that we laughed at. Yes. I'm trying to think of a good example. The, the keys are a good example. The keys is probably the standout yeah. one. There's a key rack on the wall in a house that literally spells the word keys. Yep. 
And so it's and, just funny that it draws your eye there. And, and Clancy Brown is constantly like needing his keys. Yes, There's lines about like, I need my keys. Give me my keys. So silly, easily yeah. dismissible. Yeah. It just looks like a, a dated design choice. Yeah. And then later there's a shot where someone has to reach for the keys and we smash on that and there's no keys. Yeah. Yep. And without all of that legwork, yeah. it, it doesn't quite pay off. And yes. there's a million things like that. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, and we'll get into it, there's also something else that has no groundwork built up under <laughs> yes. it that yeah. ends up not being as sturdy it's, as we'd hoped. Yeah, is is maybe a little strange. Probably the one choice in the movie that feels yeah. a little strange. It just feel it makes the movie feel rushed. And yeah, it's not necessarily the shortest movie. I think it's about hour. No, 45. it's about hour forty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so the I, I think like maybe the where to start is just like the basic concept of Pet Cemetery Two because it's kind of, it's actually pretty different than the original Pet Cemetery mm-hmm. if you think about it. She centers it on children instead of centering it on adults Mm -hmm. like the the first one is definitely about adults trying to take care of a kid where this one is about like a kid trying to deal with not being taken care of really well it's just dealing with loss yeah yeah parents never want to bury their kid and they have to do it twice for him to come back right and uh you know, in this one, it's a, a kid's parent dies. They even talk about it where he's like, you know, you never expect your parents to die. Right. And And my parents are still around. Yep. uh, uh, Thankfully. And So I don't know what that's like, but that's a real thing. A lot of oh, kids yeah. don't have a parent. Like yeah. that's a it puts you in a weird spot. I don't yeah, know. and there's that like it's one, about that. There's that one conversation that ultimately gets like brought back at the end, but um where his his friend, uh whose name I can't remember now, the character name, uh says something like, uh, I guess you just get over it eventually. Yeah. You yeah. know, there is so there is some discussion of like what loss means to children and how they process it and deal with it. And I keep saying children, I actually don't know how old these kids are supposed to be. I looked they refer up. to them as Eddie teenagers. Eddie Furlong is 15, okay. at, the, at least at the time of release. So yeah. we could assume okay. he's probably 14. Okay, so they are teenagers. And so they're, yeah. they're early teenagers. Okay. That makes a little more sense, all the drinking conversations that were they, they were having. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, For some reason, they read as, like, very young to me, like, as, like, 12-year-olds, and I was like... We're just getting old. I know. That's all that is. Yeah. I, I, you know what's weird, too, is since I'm refuting being old... There's people in movies that, like, I saw when I was a kid that I am older than the adults now. Yeah. But I still look at them like, oh, they're old. Yeah, I they're know. They're older than me. and they, But all of the kids keep getting younger and younger. Dude, I was thinking about that in this movie as we were, like, commenting on how young Clancy Brown looks in this. Yeah. And I thought about it. I literally had the thought where I was like, he's probably fucking, like, my age in this movie. Oh, yeah. You know? I I, and I still thought of him I'm as, like, older an adult. Now. I'm he's... older than Marv in Home Alone. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's wild. It's crazy. I'm older. Than John McClane in Die Hard, and they all—you're right. All those characters still read as like way I mean, older than Bruce me to Willis me. is terminally forty. Yeah, yeah until yeah, he yeah. hits sixty, and so you know he's always going to be there. Terminally but still, 40. terminally forty. That's also the name of my uh, what genre of band is that? Terminally 40. terminally forty. Is that like a uh, a goth band? Maybe. No, you know what it is. It's it's me and my buddy in college, and he plays keyboard and I play guitar, and we play like very half formed goofy songs, but <laughs> yeah. we think we're so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. terminally forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what that is. Hey guys, we're terminally forty. Bad acoustic comedy, basically. What's up with the Bush administration? Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's when I was in college. Yeah, <laughs> that's very that's very funny. Uh, what was the No Effects album that came out then called? Uh, uh, War on Airism. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. That fucking Mike. Ooh. He's like he's <laughs> like seventy. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Uh, where were we with Pet Cemetery too? Well, we're talking about the age of the kids. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But this is where the first movie is about parents suffering the yeah. loss of kids. This is about kids suffering the loss yep. of parents. Automatically, that buys you a little bit more mileage, given that you do something smart with the script. Yeah. And I would I would argue on on the side of whoever wrote this did. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, because it's like uh, you, Richard cut, Outen. Yeah, I feel like it's in some ways easier to buy that kids would make these series of bad decisions that lead to the finale of this movie mm-hmm. than adults. That's not necessarily true. I think the idea of both of these movies is just like grief makes people do like pretty go crazy, weird things. You know, there's no pr- preparation for it. Yeah, um, but given the the uh, heightened level of the mythology of these, it's maybe a little more viable that children would would. Take those steps. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I don't know if what I'm saying. Uh, I think it's a little more viable. And yeah. I think this movie purchases it a little bit. In they actually don't think it's going to work. Right in the uh, in the first pet cemetery, the only time that the people you know, they they when uh, when what's his name Fred Gwynn Creed. Oh yes, um, Creed. Yeah, when Apollo Creed uh-huh. goes and first buries the cat, yeah, um, it is out of desperation and not out of any hope of it actually working. Right, right. Uh, he doesn't believe this crazy old man that much, but he's right. just going with it because who knows? Maybe. Yeah. And then we, you know, when he goes back to do it again, it's because he knows it works. Right. And this sort of has that same thing. The kids yeah. just do it because, like, if I if there was a creepy pet cemetery near my house growing yep. up, you bet your ass I would find yeah. myself hanging it, out there it, for some fucking reason. And if I lost my dog in the particular way oh, this totally kid do does, where his yeah. asshole stepdad literally fucking murders it because he's like mad at his stepson, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, like it. Uh, I would definitely like in that. In those initial sort of moments of grief, be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go to the pet cemetery. Let's find out if the legend is, is true. Let's see if it works. It honestly, the way it reads in the movie, and I really like this choice, is that like both those boys know it's not going to work, mm-hmm. but they know it'll be like a cathartic experience yeah, exactly. to, to get that out of their system. They sit by the grave and yeah. talk about that. Yeah. That's when they have that line of, I guess you just get over it yeah, eventually. Yep, yep. You, know, you know, that kind of a they thing. They seem to both know it's not going to work. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's really just the catharsis of, of kind of burying the dog in that way. And then it does work. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's I mean, it is interesting as you're watching a movie called Pet Cemetery Two where it's like, I mean, we know where this is going. Like let's let's yeah, go. Yeah, move you know? it along. Yeah, yeah. You know what though? I wonder it's so weird because movies are different now. Yes. Because because of the rise of serialized TV, yeah. the accessibility of streaming devices and just bingeability of everything. Um, then we see Dawn of you know the MCU where yeah. everything is kind of a bigger thing. I feel like sequels back in the day, and I have no examples with which to back this up, <laughs> yeah. but I sense that this is the case, is that more often than not now, uh, sequelable things, uh, at least when they get deep into it, don't really need to do any backtracking or any filling in of the details. A great example is the Friday the 13th series. The yeah, first yeah, like yeah. three or four of those, the opening 10 minutes are literally repeated footage of the previous ones. Yeah, yeah. Because every the, Rocky movie starts with the last 10 minutes of the last yeah, Rocky movie. Yeah, because they're trying to get the new audience like... They basically assume that you might go see Rocky 4 even though you didn't see mm-hmm. Rocky 1 through 3. And see, and that's what I mean is yeah. that... You know, now it's like, oh well, I haven't seen Pet Cemetery yet, right? Um, so I'm not going to see Pet Cemetery too. Well, that's easily correctable, right? But in 1992, it's like, well, I haven't seen Pet Cemetery. It's like, well, I don't know. You still want to go see it, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. so you need that there opportunity a to bit. see it was less, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that movies now don't don't have to kowtow to that limitation, yeah, uh, in deeper sequels. Agreed. Um, but ult- again, ultimately, it kind of works in this movie's favor because she just like Lambert ends up laying so much groundwork for stuff that will just be like end up being like nicely paid off in the finale. Mm-hmm. You know, you what said I mean? it when we were watching it, that yeah. like it took a while to get up, but quote unquote the back half. Yes, once that rips open, yeah. it keeps going, and then 
it becomes clear that the dominoes are falling because we actually set them up. Some of the setups are a little bit clumsy, yeah. but the ones that were more noticeably clumsy were actually the ones that were smart. Yes. And the ones that ended up being clumsy didn't really register until much later. Agreed. I want to say like the last 45 minutes of this movie are just straight fucking like adrenaline, basically. It rips. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely rips. Yeah. And once again, we'll get into it. That's the reason, I think, why the stuff that didn't need a that that needed a little bit more background yeah. didn't get it because yeah. there's no sacrifice no. in that pace no especially like um that whole sequence with clancy brown uh where it's like you do the whole thing inside the house where he's like terror he's like is he cutting up rabbits or something there's like a oh, yeah. whole thing where he's like terrorizing the family and then there's a car chase yeah. you know like it, it's it's like really wild how she just backs to back to back to back like all oh, yeah. of these like big tense sequences Oh, he's chasing his son through the house. That's yeah. what's happening. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. All right, we'll get there. Yeah. Let's go. Through, yeah. Let's get. Let's let's start at the plot. So, so that we have to stop saying when we get there to the thing we actually. True. Want to yeah. Talk about. Okay. So it opens on a movie within a movie. We talk about that. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's so, so, we, so, we can so, do so, because we can do the first half of this super quick. It yeah, starts yeah. with a movie within a movie because Edward Furlong of Terminator Two fame, uh, and his Pecker fame. That's right. I forgot about that. I, I like forgot that about movie, that too. Actually. Pecker's pretty good. I don't know if I ever saw Pecker. It's a uh, mainstream John Waters. Yeah, it's I, one where he's not making trash. That's right. I yeah. remember Pecker. I just I don't know if I ever saw it. It's it's pretty good if I remember. Okay, but I'm just I, I'm always gonna. Oh, you're into Waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always going to yeah. love what Waters does. Uh, so it, it opens up this movie within a movie because Furlong's mom is an actress, and she literally, this happens in the first two minutes of the movie, she gruesomely dies via electrocution from, like, an accident on the set of the movie in she's In front filming. of her son. Yes. In front of her son, who's there, and they seem to have a pretty good relationship. They do. and when I established pretty well. When I say violently dies, I mean, like... Uh, She's like being electrocuted, and then her face ends up connected to the electrified pole and burns. It's crazy. Melts her face. It's so crazy. As he's literally going like, Meow! he's like watching Meow! it happen. Yeah, it's like losing his mind. It's wild. It's pretty intense. Yeah, and it was it was kind of nice because when it started, I was like, my first thought was this movie looks markedly more television. Yes, than it did yes. Than the last one. Yeah. That fades actually. Yes, it's a pretty nice looking movie. Yep. Um, but yeah, even and. I find out then, you know, it's actually purposeful that it sort of yeah, looks movie like within that. a movie because yeah. it's a movie within a movie. It looked hokey, but when they pull back and it, that that really sets up the pace for the movie right away. It yeah. Lets us know that it's pretty mean. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely mean because I'm pretty sure it then smash cuts to a dead animal, doesn't yeah. it? I don't remember exactly what dead animal, but I remember being like, Jesus Christ, the mom just died, and now we're dead it animals. Was... Uh, oh no no it was a uh, it goes from she gets uh, electrocuted yeah. And uh, little Eddie Furlong's freaking out. Yeah, and it's great how she gets electrocuted too. It's a dumb little horror setup. Yeah, but uh, then it then it cuts to uh, Papa Furlong. Yeah, uh, what is their last name? I'm not going to get it. God, I don't. Papa know. Dad. Yeah, uh, uh, euthanizing a dog. That's right. That's what it and is. And talking yeah. the parents through it, saying you made the right choice. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of interesting now that I think about it. Letting them know that sometimes dead is better. Dead is better. As, yeah. as Fred Gwynn uh, cawed at us in yeah, the first yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> and uh, so. <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. Yeah. I would have loved to live. Which Clancy Brown seems to be trying to do an impression of. He seems to be of. doing a younger yeah. version of that. He's got yeah. that little sort of thing going here. Yeah. Um, man, I want to hear Russell Crowe do it. Oh, my God. He chews on his... You know? oh, can you imagine him in the new Pet Cemetery? Oh, my God. It would be so good. Yeah. Although I like I like the uh, choice of uh, John oh, Lithgow. Yeah, way yeah, better. That's a great choice. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, it cuts to him euthanizing a dog and telling people that, that dead is indeed better. Yeah. They made the right choice. Yeah. Which... Man, already that hurts because euthanizing a dog, most people have done it, and it really sucks. 
This movie is usually the right thing to do. I don't remember thinking that the first one was that painful as like an animal lover. This movie is fucking painful as an animal lover. Oh, yeah. There's some oh, wild yeah. shit in this movie. The first one I expected to be the way that this one felt yes. in the ways of how cruel it was to animals without yeah. but also like without being uh without being cruel to the point where it still wasn't completely entertaining by the craft of how it's done. Totally. Yeah. It's so good. Oh yeah. There, I mean, there are some sequences in this with the animals where it's like, this looks awesome. Yeah. Like she really figured out how to you know, uh, gather all of those elements that you know must have been needed, like puppetry mm. and, and different things like that to, like, get it just right. It, it's impressive. It's cool. It's good shit. Yeah. Um, and so we get a little bit of a uh, of, uh, show-don't-tell there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't quite know that uh, Anthony Edwards is the dad yet. Right. We know he's somebody. Yeah. Uh, we don't know that it's him yet because he has a beard. We do <laughs> know. Yeah, I had no idea it was Anthony Edwards because of his beard. A second. Yeah. We do know that his parents are probably divorced. There's like an interesting conversation right before his mom dies about like, oh, maybe you and dad could get back together. And she's like, well, oh, don't get says, your How hopes up. How about dinner? Yeah. She says, we're trying to work on it. Yeah. Uh, don't get your hopes yeah. up. Yeah. So we know they're like... You um, give the sense that they have a good relationship, yes, him and yeah. the mom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Even him and his dad to a degree. It's yep. just... It's estranged yeah. in, in, in some degree. So anyway, so the, the mother dies, and then he basically goes to live with his dad, which is away from Hollywood in this small town that he mm. clearly... Did not grow up in, uh, and, and it's then, new for the dad too. Yes. It's, oh, that's right. Be, they seem to move well, there together. The mom is is considered quite famous. Yes. Yeah. In the world of the movie, and so he says something to the degree of, "I just wanted to get out of like that for a right. while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get as far, you know. But there's yeah. still, it's I believe her hometown. Anyway, yeah. Because, because the, the town school is, seems to be her. recognizing yeah. her death. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. It's kind of fun. They don't do much of with it, it but yeah. I guess it is there to fuel the bullying against. Uh, I'm just, what's the character's name? Yeah, I don't know why I can't remember Jeff. The, Jeff, of, of course, they Jeff. say his name so many times yeah. throughout the movie, uh, but I, I don't remember the family's name. Uh, Matthews. Matthews. That's right. Yep. Yep. Mr. Same Matthews. as in Boy Meets World. That's correct. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, so it, basically, what happened? The movie takes place in this small town where Jeff is trying to deal with the loss of his mother. As he's being bullied by these these sort of town bullies, mm. that basically I guess this is a, we should just point out this is just the town from Pet Cemetery. Yes, that's that's so the, the idea. Same town, yeah, yeah, it's the same town from Pet Cemetery. The boys are bullying him basically because his mom was famous and now she's mm. dead, and so it's like he makes him an easy pricks, target. Clyde is yeah. a prick. Yeah, exactly. And Clyde is the little boy from Big that doesn't get bigged. That's, that's right. Yeah, he's the one that stays little. He's good in this. I think. He's really good in yeah. this. Uh, he was he was a that kid for a while. He yeah. was just in kids movies. That's true. He, uh, and, uh, yeah, so, like, the first, I would say the first half hour of the movie is really dedicated to just, like, Jeff's struggle in this new town. Mm. Uh, he meets this boy who's, like, the sheriff's son, um, but the sheriff is this stepson. kid's, like, stepdad. Yeah, exactly. Stepson. Um, sheriff is played by Clancy Brown. Uh, by and a young, still old Clancy Brown. That's right. <laughs> uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff's dad is a vet. He's a veterinarian mm. uh, who gives Jeff a kitten, allows him to have a kitten. Uh, his friend, uh, Clancy Brown's stepson, has a dog named Zowie. Zowie! Zowie. And Zowie looks like a wolf, is... not a dog. Drew is the friend. Drew, yes. Uh, but everyone calls him Buddy. Buddy, yeah. Uh, Zowie is a wolf, not a dog. I want to make that very clear. That is a wolf. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be a dog. That's, That's a fucking wolf. Straight up a wolf. Yeah. Uh, Don't ever put a wolf in a pet cemetery. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so really the first half hour really is like just a lot of like him dealing with the loss of his mom and the bullying. I want to bring up, I think that that whoever wrote the script in conjunction with, uh, what's his name? Outerman or whatever it is. Uh, and Mary Lambert do have a sense 
here's where it's fun for someone who has seen the movie before yeah. because it starts off with a red herring is not the right word but we think that the bullies are going to kill his cat yes. and then the cat's going to come back from the dead yeah and they play with that and lean on it for a while and actually they present that as if is it dead. is what happened. Yep. And it was one of those where you and I talked about it where it was like, did they just like brush over that, that cat being killed? Or is there something else? Yeah. And we find out later in a, in a sort of smaller version of this setup payoff system that we get a setup of, you know, they just hid the cat in a birdcage at the cemetery. Yeah. He's fine. He's fine. So, okay, so it's not about a cat coming yeah. back from the dead. Yeah. And so then we, you know, later we do have... The dog comes back, yes. but it's also not about the you know. And so that's it, right. It's it's kind of cool how that sets up and plays with their expectations. It really bit. does because you and I kept being like, oh, okay, so now this is how the kid gets the idea that like, well, now I can bring my mom back from the dead. And it's like, mm. nope, that's we're still not there yet. They're, not there yet. There kept being like more layers to like how this journey was going to go for these two boys as they mm. sort of discovered the power of this thing and how they might wield it if they if they wanted to, which is pretty cool. Um, and that is ultimately the inciting event. It's not the cat. It's that. <laughs> Yeah, the cat actually, I think that cat is the one animal survived a handful of rabbits that that survived. I think so. Yeah, the yeah. other kippies, the one that didn't get picked, they didn't do That's, so well. Oh boy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was gnarly. But the inciting incident ends up being that uh, the sheriff. Uh, really does not like his stepson's dog. The, by the way, the sheriff keeps rabbits and sells them to people mm. that pass by his home. He I also guess? likes to watch them fuck. Yep, it's very weird, and it's expressly suggested. Expressly that he suggested like, that he really likes. He watch likes them to fuck. watch them fuck, and it gets him turned on enough to go and literally wait, rape his wife. Yes, it's yep. uh, it's pretty insane stuff. <laughs> it's really wild. Uh, the but so he uh, really does not like this dog that his stepson owns. And one night when he, I think, assumes that the dog is hurting the rabbits, which I don't even know if that's actually what's what happening. What happens is the dog goes after the rabbits. Yeah. So that's how it's initially set up that he doesn't care for Zowie much. Right. And uh, you know, that's, I think, uh, somewhat established when they visit the animal hospital at the beginning. Yes. So then Gus... Uh, Oh, that's the sheriff's name. Sheriff's Gus. name. Sheriff yeah. Gus. I was trying. I forgot Clancy Brown's name. Yeah. So Gus hooks up electrical wire to his rabbit cage. Yeah. So that when the dog comes up and bugs them, he gets zapped. And one night he hears it getting zapped and uh, shoots the dog with a fucking gun. Yeah. Literally walks <laughs> downstairs and right in front of the kid murders the dog. And no one cares. And later says something to the effect of, hey, we've all got lessons to learn in life. Nobody's above that. What fucking lesson are you teaching that kid by murdering his dog? Just the lesson that step that your stepdad is a is a piece of shit. Yeah, it's is a like, fucking psychopath. But okay, let's actually talk about that because yeah. that's a really fun thing that they do. Yes. So he is so pissed uh, that this dog came after his rabbits, which he sells like you know Roger and me pets and meat pets or meat style, <laughs> and um, you know, and he also likes real likes watching them fuck. Uh, yeah. And um, so. <laughs> After he kills this dog, the kids go and then do their tryout of the pet cemetery. Yes. But then when the dog comes back, whatever lesson he wanted to teach, he forgets in for his dumb, blind rage again. Because yep. it's, you lied to me about the dog being dead. I'll yes. kill you and the dog. Yes. He literally, I mean, this kid's life gets threatened by his stepdad so many times throughout this movie. That is a weird theme in this movie, which is parents seem totally okay with like threatening their children's mm. lives <laughs> throughout this movie. I mean, it is of its time, I think. Yeah, yeah, in I the know. late 80s, early 90s yeah. was the time where we finally started to have the conversation of like, yeah, maybe spanking can kind of be damaging. You know, right. That kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And so there's still a, you know, there's still yeah. like that understanding. Definitely. It just was like funny to me. Oh, now, it's so, it's the, so weird it's, because it's. 
it's obviously that culture, but heightened for a movie. Yes. So double it being like, we realize that's wrong now, and it's heightened. They yeah. look straight up, you're like, that guy's abusive. Yeah. Even good guy dad like gets to a point where I'm like, Jesus, oh, he's yeah. going to fucking kill his son. He, he like grabs his kid by the neck and lifts him off the ground. Yeah, and he's like, you little motherfucker. It's yeah, like yeah. real. Ooh. Yeah, it's very aggressive. It's it's pretty Granted, wild. It's Edward Fur- Furlong, who is extremely like shakeable. But, yeah, punchable. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Simply yeah. Pecker. Love Pecker. John Waters. Uh, and so that ends up being the inciting event that he kills the dog and the kids take the dog to the pet cemetery as we were saying before it seems like they don't even think it's going to work it seems like this is more of a catharsis thing and then the dog comes back Uh, and the dog uh, she once again shoots the dead animals with that interesting lighting trick where the eyes look like like they're flashlight in their eyes yeah yeah like when you see at night when you look out into the forest and you see little yellow eyes go up and you're like it's like that but with the animal still illuminated super cool effect. yeah super cool and it's such a great in-camera yep. pre-production effect and it looks so good it's awesome it's not like that stupid dog at the beginning of goosebumps where they <laughs> clearly used modern cgi <laughs> to make his eyes glow no this is the real shit I didn't see they flipped the truck no yeah. they, remember the goosebumps tv show oh yeah no the goosebumps movie's great i heard the remember jack the black goosebumps one right? tv yeah. show with the uh yeah i do now the eyes that glow yep i so forgot about boop, that boop, boop, and at that point, you can hear the dog go ur, 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 in the song. It's ridiculous. You remember that? I Everyone do remember that. Crazy. Yeah. No, I totally remember that. It has to be real. Yeah. It's lucid. It. I totally remember that. This looks better than that. Yes, it does. Everybody thought Goosebumps was the pinnacle of <laughs> horror special effects. And I say nay. Yeah. Uh, you can keep your snick. Yeah. And uh, we're going to go with Pet Cemetery too. Yes. Uh Stabbed my hand on the wicker of this chair. Oh shit! Are you all right? Ouch. Yeah, I'm good. All right, I got the pee. Oh, good, good. Oh, sorry, yeah. buddy. Oh no, it's all good. Um, so the once the dog comes back, it uh, basically they take it to uh Jeff's dad, uh, the vet, mm-hmm. uh, the town vet, who uh runs a bunch of tests on the dead dog and is like, "Damn, this dog seems dead, but he's clearly not dead." I'm going to send these tests off to the lab. And then the lab calls, and they're like, dude, this dog is dead. And he's like, it's not dead. I'm telling you it's not dead. And they're like, no, this is a dead dog. Why did you send oh, us a dead dog? And what blood? a great thing, though. This is a great scene because yeah. it's the one that's played for, like, abject humor. Yeah. This is 100% explicit humor because the guy calls Anthony Edwards and yeah. leaves a message. And he's like a vet that's just like, hey, you know, uh, give me a call back. Like He's, yeah, he's yeah. like a really, like, kind of harder than you'd expect for a vet. Yeah. And so when Anthony Edwards calls him back on Anthony Edwards' side of the uh, conversation, he's just eating some snacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and on the this. other side, uh, the guy's carving the brain out of a dog corpse. Oh, my God. And he's, like, really just, like, nonchalant about it because it's just his work. Yep. But he's still that kind of, like, hard guy. No, don't fuck with me. That dog is dead. I'm telling you. There are <laughs> so, so many smash cuts to dead animals of some kind <laughs> in this movie. It's crazy. I just like that this guy is the chopping up animals expert. Yep, yep. And Lambert has chosen to depict that by having him like expressly shredding the flesh remains <laughs> of an animal as he has a nonchalant work-based conversation yep. that he thinks is full of shit. Yeah. That might be my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, yeah? Because it is cringy gross. I oh, actually yeah. really didn't like looking at the, the dog, but yep. that's part of the joke. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I love that because he's just, I'm telling you, the dog was alive on my table. He's yeah. like, nope. <laughs> now nah, there was a, and he's like, just give me the white blood cell count. Yeah. I don't know what you're getting at here, buddy. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're getting at, but they they know uh, <laughs> white blood cells fucking dead. Yeah. Like he has that sort of a thing. He does. It's not and as intense, but you know. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. Uh, but that's also where he provides him that uh, very important piece of information that the last time somebody brought him a dead dog's blood uh, was in uh the, oh the cat yeah, yeah yeah it was basically the cat from the first movie there's a couple moments of that where people actually reference that which yes. i think is smart to you know just make the lore of the town like yep. this is still that same town yep. yeah there's a great scene uh where it's halloween night and a bunch of the kids around town go to the pet cemetery oh, to yeah. like have a fire and drink and tell stories and uh, the sort of bully kid, uh, what's that character's name? You had it a minute ago, and um, I, I can't think of it now. Uh, the bully kid ends up telling a story that turns out is basically Clyde. Clyde. Clyde tells a story that is basically what would happen five minutes after the end of Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where uh, the the Creed woman, he's, I think that's what he refers to her as, like mm. the Creed woman, uh, ends up murdering her husband and getting taken to a mental institution, which is kind of an interesting way to think mm. about uh, the end of that movie. I like that for a couple reasons, because on, on one way it could be that we don't know what happened, yeah. and this is just the lore that happened right, with exactly. these kids. Although yeah. it was only a couple years ago, yeah. by by any reasonable counting of time. Yeah. Um, but I also like that it's it speaks to uh, sort of a cover up of the unknown. Yeah, in that they probably didn't know what the fuck was wrong with this lady. Yeah. So they just said mental institution. Yep, she's crazy. You know, she's crazy, and you know that they did tests, determined that she was dead, and you know did all of that. Yep. We do find later a character that that did do some of these yes. tests. Yes. So actually, no. So I guess we could assume based on that. Now that I'm thinking about it, that that is what happened. They did put her in a. You know, it's not just the kids. Right. Office. I I, yeah. I think that probably is true. I think it's definitely true. That yeah. that taxidermy guy who ends up be, be so what da, the scene Dan and I were just talking about, where the the one sort of uh veterinarian gives uh uh Jeff's dad the information that like well the last time this happened was like the previous vet from that town gave me a sample of a of a dead animal's blood he then seeks that guy out who's now a taxidermist oh yeah, yeah. and is and basically great ex- smash cut too another one with him with his hand up the ass of a taxidermied pug yep. trying out different eyes and going ooh i like the blue and then gruesomely popping the fake eyeball out and be like, no, I like the brown. Yep. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's so disgusting. And it's yet another smash cut onto a dead animal. It's There's so many of them in this movie. But I, I that is actually a really fun thing, though. Taxidermy wasn't really invoked in the first one. Right. And that is what you are trying to do with taxidermy is our own uh, restrained by science level of, of immortality for our animals. Yeah, exactly. Is bringing them back in some soulless form. You yeah. Know, like, this is... It's great to have taxidermy invoked in a movie that's essentially yeah. about animated taxidermy. And it also, yeah, that's funny. It also allows her to make that sort of like vague psycho reference. There's that yes. uh, thing with the bird, which is a great little gag, too. Oh, yeah, it's so good. They prominently feature a taxidermied uh, blackbird or crow or whatever yep. in the foreground of the scene next to where Anthony Edwards is. And both of us were like, oh, that's definitely a psycho, psycho tag. reference. And of course, yep. it's a psycho tag. Yep. And then for some reason, a uh, creepy. Uh, 
creepy uh, veterinarian's like, ah, get out of my office. And he throws something, and it goes near that bird, and it flies away. Yeah. And it turns out it was just a very still bird yes. the entire time. Yeah. So good. Really cool. So yeah. good. Uh, that's like that's the whole movie in a microcosm. Yes, exactly. You know, re- reanimated taxidermy. Yep. It's so good. Yeah, that's uh, that is such a funny way to put it. That's also the that. name of that same band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's their first we're album. T- yeah, <laughs> yeah. We cover three Wesley Willis songs, <laughs> and we we think we're just the the bee's knees. Yeah, yep. It's so good. Uh, so uh, what the so what the movie ultimately builds to? Because I think we've pretty much laid the groundwork for all of the things that eventually lead to where you think this movie is going to be about, and eventually it will be about this, but where you spend most of the movie going like, all right, how long until we get to Edward Furlong trying to bring his mom back from the dead? Yeah, yeah. That's clearly what this movie is going to be about. Like such a small portion of the movie. It's such a small portion yeah. of the movie. It doesn't happen until the finale. We assume that's what like a lot of the movie will be about. It turns out what a lot of the movie is about is... Uh, 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 Gus. Gus uh, ends up... Dying and getting put in the pet cemetery. He's the adult that gets brought back yeah, from the and dead. And he gets killed by a pet cemetery dog. Yeah. By Zowie, yeah. It's cr- so Zowie attacks Gus and kills oh, Gus. But he attacks Gus. We we got to talk about Go, this. Go, please. Scene because we, we glossed over. First off, that cemetery scene with the kids on Halloween night telling the story yep, yep. looks great. It looks awesome. It is the pinnacle of backlit trees with fog yep. and, and spotlights coming through them. Yep. And so we get Clyde telling the shitty story. Yep. And um, we get the... There's one kid dressed as Don King. Yeah. Uh, Jeff is dressed as Jason. Jason. Yeah, you know, Jason Voorhees. Just a collection of different costumes. Love it. Uh, which uh, Clyde's costume oh, yes. and his wardrobe at all times includes this ridiculous scarf. Uh-huh. It actually is a nice scarf, but it just feels out of place with his wardrobe. Yeah. More on that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and so uh, ultimately, after they fight one another a little bit, they become friends. They all start telling stories. Yep. But Gus gets word that there's something going on, and he shows up, scares all the kids away, and is prepared to beat the shit out of his stepson yes. with a wooden cross out of the grave. He straight up picks up a what is ultimately like a grave marker and 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 raises it as if to beat the hell out of his stepson with it, mm. which like freaked me the fuck out. It's pretty hardcore. Yeah, I mean, like you do get the sense that this guy is insanely abusive. Yes, uh, to both his wife and his kid. Yeah, and uh, but even that was a point where you're like, oh, he's actually like. He's more than just a little dangerous. Yeah, exactly. He's a lot dangerous. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And especially because the movie, um, I think, has plenty of cues to like this guy probably abuses like the the, yeah, yeah. the uh, uh, these people. It does not show us that until this moment. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not expressed about that until this moment, and it is then like extremely express about that. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, it was like shocking to me when he picked up that fucking gravestone. I was like, Jesus Christ. It's 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 a little much. Yeah. It's yeah. a little but it's well it's what's needed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so because he does that, Zowie zombified emerges yeah. from the woods and rips his fucking throat out. Li- yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's awesome. It's like really well shot. It's another thing where it's like you buy that you're watching a dog tear a man's throat out when obviously it's movie magic that has oh, led yeah. to this. There's it's puppets, some it's puppetry, squibs, yeah. and yeah, and, and and it's so well done. It's it's awesome. She, I mean, that is something that Lambert kind of excels at. Actually, is like making me believe these fucking animals are doing like crazy shit. Oh yeah, and even like when it's clearly a puppet, it's not. It doesn't feel silly like that no. often does. Yeah. It actually does work. Yeah, it's it's much more. Uh, What's the word? It's much more American Werewolf in London than yeah. it is like Cujo. Yes, and Cujo's good, but it just doesn't quite line up. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, 
Also, did you notice that uh, this movie's version of Zelda was kind of uh, Jeff's mom with Zowie's head? Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? That happens like more than once in this movie where we see Jeff's mom with Zowie's head. Like Jeff dreams that at one point and then later his dad dreams it too. His dad fucks it. His dad wet dreams it. it. Yeah, and then gets fucked by it. Yeah. <laughs> like the which was the the crazier thing to me that they they seem to reverse the uh, the roles of that. But anyway, yeah, I just I thought that was interesting that that was kind of this movie Zelda was was uh his mom sort of showing up in dreams with Zowie's head. Uh, which is like a very frightening image every time it happens because there's like some shots where you know you're looking at like uh, a pretty basic like dog mask on a woman's mm-hmm. head and then other shots where it's more like a a Stan Winston like makeup job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Uh, and I'm starting to think, remember in the first movie, the, yeah. the guy that died that was yes. sort of imprinted on Mr. Creed? Yeah. On Apollo? Yeah. And um, <laughs> he was imprinted on Apollo Creed. Yeah. And so is there... Perhaps in that lore, a suggestion that that is what happened with Edward Furlong and his mom. Oh, interesting. Because he sees visions of her yeah. like that. Yeah. And like visions are something that was set up in the first movie as part of Could the lore. Could be. And I also. But it's, not, it's certainly not. I don't think it's aggressively pointed to. No, but, but I think it could be understood as and, part of the plot. Yeah, and that would maybe help me make a little more sense, even of like some of the way, especially ways that Gus acts when he comes back from the grave. Mm. Because Gus seems to have a lot more agency, I think, than we were led to believe characters had when they came back from the grave in the other one. But I'm not exactly sure about that. I feel like when the mom came back in the other one, she had enough agency, but only towards being evil. Yeah. Um, But I think that that's also... And like same with the little boy. He came back and was just destructive and evil rather than precocious. Yeah. But I think the disconnect is just that Gus was already established as evil. So maybe it's just that... He came back the same way they all came back, but he was already like that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might be yeah. what causes the disconnect. There's something that feels a little weird about yeah, it. Yeah, it feels like a different a different rules, but I'm just wondering if it's the same rules, but it's just not that drastic of a change because yeah. he was already there. That might be. He just now has a massive neck wound. <laughs> well, and even if it didn't quite make sense to me, it's once again, it's like the way Lambert decides to use these things, like mm. justifies it to me. It's like her use of it. And it doesn't it, betray, like, no. even though it feels off, there's, there's no, like, bullet points we could pull up right. of like this is where it portrays the rules of oh the, yeah know, yeah it just didn't like feel right yeah um but it she uses it to like such great effect i like didn't care very quickly mm-hmm. um because yeah so the, you know he, zombified clancy brown wreaking havoc on family and friends is, is like amazing. something you really want and it's like it's like maybe 15 minutes of this movie oh, is yeah, just dedicated to his like that. rampage basically it's so good <laughs> and it's awesome uh, which is pretty. I mean, that's where we're at in the movie. Basically, is is they bring him back. They, you know, and and now who brought him back though? I don't. Because one of the rules, and they do suggest this rule. You need when, to do it um, yourself. Bury Zowie. It's the rule is you bury it. Yeah, and so you bury your own dead. So you would assume that it would be, uh, Dingus. Uh, d- yeah, Buddy. <laughs> they keep calling him Buddy. Um, Why can't yeah, we remember any of these characters' names? I mean, I think that's just a function of the movie. It's yeah. it's not as memorable. Yeah, in yeah, terms yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. Them calling each other by their names. That's true. And it's I, not like call me by your name. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't care about these characters as much as I did as the characters in the first Drew, one. Drew, 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 Drew Gilbert. Drew, Drew. Yeah, Drew, buddy. Drew, buddy, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, the movie makes mention of that many times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Drew, uh, I assume, is the one that buries his dad. I think it's got to be his stepdad. 
But do you think they do it together? Maybe I think they do it together because in that oh, moment, right. yeah, it's them just trying to cover their cover, tracks, cover it's, their tracks, yeah. and get the fuck out of there yeah. because yeah. they were about to watch Drew get beaten potentially to death by his dad. Yeah. Um, out of nowhere, the dog that they brought back from the dead killed him. Yes. So like these are kids that are just in panic mode yes. as I read it. Yeah. So they just want to bury him, and I would assume that Drew was like, "Well, we could probably, you know." Really cover our tracks if if he's not dead at all, right? And we don't see them actually bury him. I think we do. I think that they do it together, which yeah. would help explain a little some bit of what happens at as the end. to why yeah. Furlong and yeah. Furlong, uh, why Jeff and Gus yeah. end up sort of being partners in crime. I know it it helps a little bit, but I, I should have s- just showed it. I know because I still don't because what the movie builds to, and we'll, we'll get a little more into this later but it builds I to I also do wonder if this movie was cut down by I know. the powers that be most movies are because Jeff and Gus ultimately basically team up to get Jeff's mom yeah, yeah. and and uh raise her from the dead as well but it, it makes not much sense for Gus he explains it later when he yells he brought her back cuz he wanted to fuck her yeah. but that doesn't actually feel like why you brought her back it feels like him just being a pig yeah and it also again it feels like to me, it felt like too much agency for him to be making decisions at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's not it's that too I didn't... layered of a decision. Yeah. Like his de- it would make sense. It would fit the first movie, in my estimation, if he just wanted to kind of raise hell. Yes. But like he's plotting. Yeah. It seems. And he's plotting with Jeff. And that's the thing that didn't really make sense to me because like, it's not like if you bring somebody back, they're like bonded to you. And the first one ends with the husband being killed by his wife, who he just yeah, brought yeah, yeah. back. You know what I mean? But, like, I mean, you are bonded in a way in that way that he says it's yours if you, you know. Yeah, but I, I agree. But I, I feel like the first movie made a pretty clear indication that like these things are these are oh, not the, what you buried. They're not logical. The, exactly. Planning they're beings. not yeah. coming back to help you. Mm-mm. They're coming back to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, exactly. like, I, d- I don't understand how the deal was made. I just wish we had seen it. I, w- yeah. I wish we saw how g- the movie really literally smash cuts to um, Edward Furlong suddenly being like a creepy little kid who's working with a dead guy to raise his mom from the dead. It's not earned. It, yeah, th- there's no build to that. I feel like, and we talked about this when we were watching it, yeah. it would have worked better for, and what sucks is in that moment, it would have worked better for me for him to have wanted to bring his mom back less in a I'm creepy and fucked up way yeah. and more in like I'm fucked up and I'm angry way fuck yeah. you dad you yeah. know like he had, yeah. that's how he was throughout the whole movie yep. so for him to suddenly just be like it's too late dad it's already done yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a little weird but at the same time the fuck you dad blah 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 would not work it wouldn't be compatible with him teaming up with Gus yeah agreed. but I also don't know how I feel about him teaming up with Gus I know because I don't know what Gus's motivation is because I don't know if he should even have motivations per se and uh, I don't really know what what uh, Jeff's motivations are besides just I want my mom back. Right. It seems like much. Yeah, there's there's just something missing. And you and I talked about it a little bit when we were watching it. And I, I think this is true. And it's, uh, you know, I actually don't want to overly criticize this movie because I really oh. liked it quite a bit. It, it all comes down to pacing. Yep. Everything that we're asking for it to have in there, I don't know where I'd put it. I know. It would ruin the pacing, I yeah. think. Um, uh, but it feels like it's literally one scene away from making sense of the jeff gus relationship oh yeah i just needed one scene where it sets up how they sort of team up together because once they do it's like i'm on board for everything they're doing Mm. you know what i mean like i'm 
I would rather be watching the movie where they team up and bring his mom back from the dead. Oh, yeah. I just want to like buy it. I want to get there. I want to know why. Yeah, I want to get there. It's not compatible with why does he bring Clyde back? Right. I mean, it's it's great. It's so we right. can get a scare later where Clyde in this totally bitchin' makeup comes up and vomits pus all over yes. everybody. Awesome. Yeah, you want that. Yeah, but I don't really know because even you said because when he accidentally kills Clyde, yeah, I mean a great scene where uh, it's where, not even uh, an accident. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, oh yeah, it's not an accident. Yeah. Wait, was it? I guess he was going to kill him anyway. Uh, Wasn't there some kind of a thing, though, where, where he... Oh, I know what you're you saying. What saying? Yes. Like, yes. He was definitely going to kill him, but it yeah. was like he was fucking with him, and then... The it, scarf that you brought up earlier. Oh, gets, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. please. Go. Check off scarf. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, so what is his motivation for bringing back Clyde? I don't know. Yeah, I know. First, yeah. he's terrorizing Clyde yeah. because Clyde is... Uh, beating up and Furlong. Up. Oh, okay. So a little bit of the groundwork's there now that I'm thinking Maybe, about it. but it's, again, it's like, I don't Start know why earlier. he's defending... Edward for do you know what I'm saying? Like well, he's defending him because at that point they were working together. We just didn't know that. Yet. I guess, yeah. yeah. So like the groundwork. Oh man, this was probably cut. That's what it's I think. Like, it was, I, it that's what I think. Cut. And because I get it because the there. the pacing feels right. Oh yeah. I just don't have the information I want. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, I think we can build it though, but yeah. I think the movie does owe us a little bit in that way. Yeah, yeah. But anywho, he's yeah. uh, Clyde is trying to beat up Jeff. And he flips his bike, and he was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to pump up the wheel, and By I'm the way, shove your face in it. Clyde chases uh, Jeff on a oh, motorcycle. Yeah. On like, a motorcycle. all of a sudden, Clyde, this 12-year-old, has a motorcycle that he chases it's Jeff like a, on. It's like a, it's not a dirt bike. Yeah, I guess it is kind of a motorcycle. It's kind of, they refer to it as a mur- motorcycle later. Either way, he's, he's on this motorcycle, yeah. and it is a full shot, top to bottom, wheels on the road. This yeah. isn't done with a truck or anything. Nope. Of two young boys, children. Yep. Uh doing a scene where they have to interact with one another while clipping bikes, yep. one on a bicycle, one on a motorcycle. It's pretty awesome. It's, it's, it's some rock and roll filmmaking. I was going to say, it's like, honestly, like, uh, uh, very... No helmets. Yeah, no, it's very intense. It was like, it actually made me nervous. I was like, this is like a dangerous stunt oh, yeah. for two kids to be doing. It's, it's no fatal termination. Right. But it's up there. Yeah, it, it's I, up there. I was very impressed. I was like, yo, Lambert, get it. This is this rules. That this is, is cool. really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where... Even something like that, the pre-production works. Yeah. They could have made it look like they were riding bikes. Yeah. Yep. They rode yep. the bikes. They flipped yeah. the truck. That's, that's what it looks like. It's yeah. it's good shit. They made me believe it. It probably was a bitch to insure. Yeah. But yeah. they yeah. they, they yeah. did it. Yeah. And, and if um, they didn't, they fucking made me believe it, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? If it's, it's somehow faked, which yeah. I really don't think it, it I don't is. think so. It looks very real. It's it's wild. But he flips his bike and yep. says, oh, I bet if I smash your face, it'll rip your nose off. I don't know. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Flip the script. Now, Jeff is gone, and Gus is using the motorcycle wheel to come at uh, Clyde's face. Yeah. And Clyde's stupid scarf gets caught in it. Drags his face up and just rips his head. Rips wide his open. head off. It's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. So awesome. It's it's a really awesome, gruesome. This movie is like pretty gruesome. It's super like, gruesome. Lambert is very good with gore. She like knows how much to show you to make it like very gross and effective without it being without like, it being splattery. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't quite go yep. full splatter. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very effective and cool. Uh, and uh, and so anyway, that's all in service of. Then Gus puts Clyde in a body bag and and tells dead Clyde that he's going to drag him up the hill, implying yeah. that he's going to bring him back with the pet cemetery, which, he, which does. he does. And that, to me, was like, okay, what a great premise. I thought for sure that meant this insane man that was insane when he's he was alive and is now dead and even more insane. By the way, he's like murdering his own rabbits at this point in the movie. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, yeah. He has that great segment where it's him just like 
around all of these rabbit corpses, just tons of them. Yep. And then he's got the kids over for dinner. Yep. And he's just sloppily eating the rabbits that he just slaughtered yeah. and half cooked. Yeah. Oh, it's so there's hard. that weird scene where they're all laughing around the dinner table together. Oh, yeah. And it goes on forever. Yeah. There's a couple really good like B-movie moments throughout this that I like really enjoyed. Oh, the motorcycle scene. Two things we should mention. Yeah. One... Uh, the uh, Drew Feckid yeah. uh, has a fuck of a time turning his bike around. It's so the much longest so that shot. He misses, well, the, this shot is so long of yeah. him like falling off his bike, picking it up, yeah. and just trying to turn around. Just total yakety sack shit. And he's a good 20 minutes delayed by this because he shows up at the end of his stepdad slaughtering Dylan's face, which is like a full many scenes yeah. uh not many scenes but much scene yeah yeah much scene much most <laughs> much scene. scene much scene and then he rolls up just like hey guys sorry oh yeah. <laughs> it's so good <laughs> it's really good uh but uh yeah so he i thought for sure what this was going to be about is fucking crazy dead sheriff creating a dead army i wanted it to be about that i thought for I sure that's what was going to happen that. and as soon as you said that i'm like well yeah that's got to be what this movie is. i know yeah because <laughs> at that point it's like jeff still hasn't brought his mom back from the dead and we've got this like crazy dead man running around town literally wreaking havoc mm. i i was like i guess this is almost like a frankenstein movie you know yeah. like oh yeah uh um but lo and behold it it really becomes a pet cemetery movie pretty much from that moment on because then we do we move into we get a truck crushing a bunch of innocent people but it's cool how they pace that too because yeah. he rips that kid's face apart yep. and then when his son sees him he chases his son back home and we yep. get this car chase and then he comes back for the body yep but yeah and so in this town that clearly has a factory with a million lawsuits yes um, another one of the red trucks, like what ran over Miko Hughes in the first movie, is what ends this totally ripping car chase. Yeah. And just brutally, brutally kills fat kid and mom. Yep. Uh, the two people that I think in this movie I want to see do well. Yes, they're just exactly. So abused, exactly. And instead they just get crushed by a motherfucking truck. Full of potatoes. Full of, <laughs> that's what we referenced earlier. Yep. Yeah. They get, I forgot about that. <laughs> they get crushed by this truck and it spills potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Just tons it's, of potatoes. I don't know why that was but so funny. But it's all us. in service of when when Clancy Brown gets back in his car and drives away, we get this great shot that his tire squeals over a potato and bursts, bursts it as it, he yeah. goes up. The, it's, oh, God. Mary Lambert needs to have all the movies. I know. It's, she really does. She does. It's so good. You should just let her do the Pet Cemetery remake. Oh, I would love it. Although, honestly, that would be chintzy. I know. Just her make her own damn movie. I, I agree. But, like, I'm so curious. There's no way anybody's... I don't think anybody could get a, a Mary Lambert's Pet Cemetery like, made today. Do you yeah. know what I mean? No. There's no way it's going to be as weird and effectively gross yeah, as that true. movie. I'm afraid that this new one... Well, you know, I liked the new It. I know. I, I think it could, but... I, I think it'll it, be good. It'll just be It'll just be more handsome. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. a more handsome movie. Yeah. But uh, I kind of like it scrappy and weird. Yeah, me too. Um, which is pretty much what happens in the last... Like, We're pretty much reaching the, the sort of final 20 of this movie. Yeah. And uh, it gets real scrappy and weird. It gets like pretty crazy. Because this it's is really strange. Because it all this so basically uh, we get uh, Jeff's dad um, is dreaming of his dead wife, uh, and then oh, he's the dreaming of having scene. yeah yeah uh, he's dreaming of having sex with his dead wife, who then suddenly has uh, Zowie's head. Uh, and suddenly still got the wife's big old titties. Though. Yes, that was uh, that was very prominently featured. Yes, he seems to be getting fucked by his dog wife. Yeah, uh, and then <laughs> dog wife. That's the name of my completely real new folk band. Uh-huh. 
Dog when we wife. fuck up our vowels, we're called Dog Wife. Dog Wife sounds like a TLC reality show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's like on tonight's Dog Wife, and it's just like that's it. You're in the you're in the doghouse. <laughs> oh, it'd be so funny. Uh, he... Things get heated on Dog Wife. And it's just like, honey, I'm I'm just I'm really hungry. I worked all day. You didn't cook anything. <laughs> Don't bear your teeth at me. <laughs> It's got like uh, that, like you know that like dopey music that reality shows always have. That as like a dog walks out of frame with its tail between its legs, <laughs> you know, right before they cut to commercial. Uh, I wanted hot dogs, not squeaky hot dog toys. <laughs> scene where like they're they're like fighting but then they have like that cute moment but then the dog does the the paw that's just like (laughs) (laughs) dog wife is dog wife is real good who's a good wife (laughs) who's a good wife (laughs) the good dog wife (laughs) oh my goodness guys Uh, just mail your grammys to i like to movie movie p.o box I like that we'd win a Grammy for that. Wait, which one's the TV one? Emmy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just wrote the best Emmy TV show. I thought Dog it was. Wife. I thought it was a Grammy because this is a recorded audio oh, medium. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah. That's actually probably more plausible. Yeah, guys, <laughs> Pulitzers and Grammys <laughs> this way, and that's also the, name, the same name of the same band Pul- that I Pulitzers mentioned. Pulitzers and Grammys. Pulitzers and Grammys. Uh-huh. That's good. Uh, so, uh, oh yeah, so he's dreaming of having sex with his dog wife, uh, <laughs> and then he wakes up to find. <laughs> Let's not gloss over that. <laughs> Because it's a crazy scene that goes... It's really crazy. Like, a complete blue Full Pop-Tart. Full Pop-Tart. Yep. It's, it's half Pop-Tart. You're right. There's no, there's pink, no pink element. Yep. There's no pink element, so you don't get that purple blend. But it still has that Pop-Tart mm-hmm. feel. Because when he looks out the window later, uh, you, you get a Anthony Edwards half Pop-Tart, half toaster strudel. Yep. And he's... <laughs> and, but he's having this dream at yeah. the same time as like shit's really started yeah, to go down. Yeah, because ultimately so. it's Zowie is actually standing over him. That's yes, why he's yeah, dreaming yeah. that. He has this dream where he's fucking his wife and it's like super erotic. Yeah. And then she shows her face and it's Zowie's face. Yep. And before he wakes up, though, they actually contend with that a little bit. They do. a little bit of uh, still trying to figure out what's happening, whether he's into it or not or what's going on. Yep. And then he wakes up and it's Zowie. Uh, is trying to eat him. Yes. And we get that awesome shot so of Zowie leaping out the window, yep. breaking through the glass. Yeah, that Beautiful. whole sequence, that was like maybe my favorite sequence in the movie, actually. It's so good. Oh, yeah. That first shot when he walks in and then Zowie comes around the corner yep. and we get a real like quick like black exploitation zoom on yeah. his face. Yeah. It's, it's kiss the chef's fingers. Very, very good. That so whole good. sequence is great. Um, there's a lot of really cool like animal action in that scene that, uh, again, is just like, so well choreographed and edited and executed. It's just like very impressive. Mm. I really like that whole sequence. Um, but what it ultimately leads to is like through the finale of the movie, Jeff's dad has had his throat bitten out by a dead dog and is like kind of bleeding out and like lo- and like losing it as he basically attempts to rescue his son from himself, kind yeah. of, if that makes sense. Well, because I believe it starts... His son's still sleeping over there that night. I forget the time frame. No, I think I think once he gets bit in the neck, he ends up up in his attic to find Jeff in a little tuxedo. But it's after he gets bit in the neck that he gets the drill. I'm trying oh. to figure out where the drill is. 
because he gets he obtains a yeah. an amazing neck wound. Yes. And then uh Gus drills him in it with a right. power drill. Where yeah. is that? That's the thing. This whole middle segment, uh when we were talking about before, like trying to build up to what is what we learn is the camaraderie between uh, the collusion yes. between Trump Jeff and Russia. And Gus. Between yeah. Jeff and uh-huh. Gus. Um <laughs> In that it's definite, it definitely happened. Yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. It's yeah. inarguable. It's yep. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't know why we're even still trying to uh, debate this. It's, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Yep. But um. <laughs> Sorry. No, today's a good day regarding that. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great day regarding Dude, that. Roger Stone uh, got put in. Uh, uh, got indicted today. Yes. So, uh, we're having a great day. In front day. of Ocho Cinco. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And what was I? What was I even talking about? Fred we were talking about the. the, the we were talking about the alliance between Jeff and Gus. Oh, and like that wasn't we. We were talking about how that wasn't really earned. Yeah. And the reason it wasn't earned is because there was no room to put it. Yeah, this middle this section crazy is like... crazy middle section yeah. where we're having trouble getting the timeline together, even having just watched it. Yeah. Just because it, it goes, goes, it, goes. It goes like lightning. It's like really fast, and it like is relentless. You never yeah. really get a break. And most of it is focused on Gus. Yeah. Um. Like w- even when we well, cut- can't be focused on wife or kid because right. they're dead. Yeah. Yes. Like we're like cutting people down. Yeah. And and even when we cut to Jeff's dad, like it's ultimately in service of he's going to fight Gus. Yeah. So like it it all always keeps coming back to like Gus creating this like chaos around town that uh we find out they're not even trying to contain because he's actually working with Gus. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um. Which is kind of interesting. When does he go to Gus though? When is that dream I, sequence? Because he. He goes Well, the dream to, sequence is when he gets the neck wound. That's so when he gets the neck that wound. That definitely sure. is what yeah. starts all of this. But then he does end up getting in a fight with Gus, and I don't remember where or when it happens. Maybe he does go to Gus's house. Oh, he does go to Gus's house. Yeah. Because remember, he walks in, and there's a fucking like fire on the floor and like dead rabbits everywhere. And he's like, Gus, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because at this point, he still is not aware right. of the pet cemetery. Yeah. 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 He, like, this is his discovery that, like, Oh, yeah, Shit's going he down. Is a really, really. Oh no, because you know what? The dream isn't where he gets the neck wound. He survives the dream. It's yeah. when he pulls up to Gus's house. Yeah. And opens the door. And then the dog, oh. the best jump scare, the dog right. just leaps out and rips his throat out yep. for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And Because I remember thinking, like, he had that crazy dream. was like, something's up. I got to go to Gus's house. I'm going to grab my gun, yep. and we'll check it out. And before he can get anything done, he's yep. incapacitated in a very big way. That's right. <laughs> that's that's like, right. Yes. Well, what a day. Yeah. And then you learn about the magic cemetery that yes. brings people back from the dead as zombies that are evil. Yes. Because then the fucking, honestly, one of the grossest things I've seen in any movie happens where he gets in a fight with Gus, and Gus takes a power drill to his open neck wound. Oh, yeah. It is disgusting. Well, and then he says, he, that's actually a really spooky line, too. After he drills it in there, yeah. he pulls the drill out, and he starts suggesting that he's going to drill him right through the front of his head. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, you know, uh, you know, no no brain, no pain, or something yeah, like something that. something like so that. Like, scramble your brain, you won't feel anything at all. Yeah. And goes for that. Yeah. That's a truly terrifying Yes. Uh, concept that's yes. that's real fucked up yeah. yeah and then i guess that uh uh you know we eventually get to jeff discovers that his son is like up in the attic preparing for his mother to come back from yes. the grave uh where he gets like a, a phone call that like uh the uh the 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 whatever like the grave digger or the coroner uh, or whatever yeah. oh, what like, it is, is uh after this whole this must be before oh do you know what it is he wakes up from the dream. Yeah. He's not injured from the dream. The dog jumps out the window. Yeah. 
And that's what gives the dog time to get to where he's going to go. This is when he goes to the attic. Yep, yep. And for some reason, Jeff is a little hot topic boy now. Yeah, all of the like, sudden. I'm going to bring back mommy. Yeah, he's a creepy kid that wants to bring his mom yeah. back from the dead. Uh, it's very strange. Yeah, uh, he's listening to Black Parade yeah. by My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Actually, and there's a lot of good punk rock on this soundtrack. Yeah. It's, it, it, it seems weird, like, like, I think it's like grungy. Uh, yeah. You know, it's all goo 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 dolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a nightmare on Elm Street. It's... There's just yeah, there's a fair amount of what I like though is that the score music is all just like slow, damn Yankees esque, yes. uh, just shreds. Yeah, it's so silly. It's really silly, but it works. It it's definitely great. works. Oh, I love it when it's just yeah. We kept we just kept making little guitar so air guitar guitar solo. That was his Wonder Woman. Yeah, it was awesome. The yeah, so he sees him and he's like, oh, I'm gonna bring back. Because this is why he goes to Gus. Yeah. Because the kid's like, oh, yeah, it brings back mom. And the dad's like, you're a fucking idiot. And he's like, no, yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter. It's too late now. <laughs> yeah. And then the uh, housekeeper we never mentioned. Yes. The sexy housekeeper uh, that that it seems like Anthony Edwards uh, really you know might be hooking up with. That never occurs. No. But she uh, <laughs> she shows up and is like, hey, uh, the, uh, the coroner's on the phone. Yeah. And your wife's grave was robbed. Yeah. And that's when he finds out when he talks to him that the sheriff came down and oh, that's dug up. Right, the sheriff. And so dug now he's got to yeah. go and see Gus. Why did you dig my wife's why did you grave? Dig up? My wife up. And, yeah, and he's like, oh, let me draw your wound. Yeah, let me draw your wound. Yeah. So uh, you have all these weird details that suddenly start building at the end, where we're it's suddenly revealed to us that like Jeff is like gone off the deep end, and it doesn't. That's what you and I didn't buy. It didn't really make yeah. sense to us. It didn't feel like they built to that well because he was rebellious and he was. Uh, more the face of logic than agreed than the other kid yeah um, everything about him was like listen i've he almost had the attitude of like my mom's dead yeah i've seen worse you can't shake me yeah he's not afraid of the bully yeah he stands up to the bully he hits yeah. the bully um you know when he thinks his cat's killed he doesn't lose his mind he right. goes and he gets shit like he's very much the logic one yeah and so even though we do get a sense that when he sees the supernatural happen it kind of you know freaks him out a little bit I never get the sense that he goes full on spooky kid in a movie. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he goes full on spooky kid yeah. in a movie. I, w- and I don't know. I where just that is. wish there was a scene or two to like get us there. Yeah. Yeah. And that um, runs tangential to him teaming up with very Gus quickly. We find out the that mom's body. Yeah, yeah, him and Gus are working together. Why is that a thing? And like we don't then know. That once again is is not compatible with Clyde being brought right. back by Gus. Like what is you know? And so it becomes this clash of motivations. Yeah. And none of them make sense to. You know they're not like terribly deep characters to begin with, right? None of it makes sense to to what any of them could hope to be accomplishing. It's I, it's very weird. I agree, but what it does do, and yeah. it's <laughs> what you and I love about this movie, regardless of whether like all that stuff really makes sense, is like the last fifteen minutes. And this is fucking nuts. It's like it's insane. There are so many dead people in this attic. It's it's. Jeff's mom does come back from the grave. She is somehow pristine, whereas the rest of the people we see come back from the grave are like deteriorating. Yeah, yeah. she's like this beautiful well, we also pristine know version that the, of herself. The, uh, housekeeper who was really enamored with the dress that she wasn't allowed to touch earlier. Yes, since no one's home, since they're all out dealing with zombies, she's and stuff, put the dress on. She decides she's going to put the dress on and, and check it out. And that's when she first meets undead mama. Yes, who says uh, you didn't think you could be me, did you? Something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. 
and then I think you're right. I think we can presume she like tears that woman's face yeah. apart. Oh, to, that's 100 percent what to they're make doing. like a new piece of her face where she had been and burnt. It's the way that she's perfect there, yeah, and she's turned away, yeah. And so I think it's to suggest that there's something we're not seeing. She just definitely doesn't have any prosthetic right. makeup yeah. on there. Yeah. But then later in the fire, we see that yes. you know she had attached this lady's eye flesh. Yeah, and to it's her like face. crumbling yeah. off of her face, which mm. is awesome. It's so awesome. Watch yeah. on fire. Like, yes. Whoa! Yeah, and saying like dead me. is better. Dead, dead is, is better. better. Which oh, is like such, such a great cool. reversal of that oh, line. Yeah. Sometimes dead is better. Yeah. And that's him saying you know, don't bring, don't them, bring back. them back. Yeah. And then her saying dead is better. Like it's great to be yeah, undead. Yeah, come be with me, my son, because One being dead us. is yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty awesome. That's really smart scripting. It is. But yeah, so there's uh so yeah, she kills how did, did we get how she kills the housekeeper? Oh, she just like shatters a mirror and grabs a piece of glass and like sticks it in her neck oh, or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like pretty basic like slasher yeah, she stuff. She shatters the mirror and then it cuts yeah. away and then we just assume she cuts her face yeah. off with the mirror glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we get like basically a huge showdown in this attic where everybody is there. Gus is there. Uh, Clyde shows up. Uh, um, oh yeah, Jeff Clyde is there. Jeff's dad with his is there. Fucked up face, and he vomits pus. Oh yeah, it's, oh, it's so good. I mean, it is like a really insane ten minutes. It, it's re- because partially because you don't exactly understand how everybody mm-hmm. is like what role everyone is serving. I almost want to chalk that up to just like okay, so Eddie Furlong's turn is is underdeveloped yeah. to me, but I'll buy it. Yep. There's enough yep. there for me to be like, he's lost his yep. mind a little yep. bit. And everything else, I am willing to chalk up to Magic Island. Just, yeah. We're dealing with the undead. There are forces yep. greater than we can understand, and shit is just chaotic right yeah. now. Yeah. And so it doesn't, it doesn't owe me that explanation, and well, I'll take that. And it's also, it's it's like you were saying before, this movie does not really get into the sort of quote-unquote magical side of yeah. any of this, like the first one does. That. And once you get rid of that magical stuff, you get rid of any explanations for some of these things, kind mm-hmm. of. So, like, they kind of can just happen. It, you know what I mean? And it, it I, I, because Lambert goes to the, the sort of, you know, she goes to 11 with all of this stuff, mm-hmm. uh, I'm very okay with it feeling a little bit undercooked because oh, it's yeah. like she she's going to fucking overcook it by the end anyway in a way that is like very enjoyable and fun. Well, and I think it probably th- there's enough ambiguity that it can yeah. all be explained. You could buy it. Yeah. But it's it doesn't need to be explained. Yeah. yeah. And that's enough for me. Yeah. That's agreed. totally enough. Agreed. Uh, like the way I always defend certain aspects of Lost is like that's Magic Island. Yeah. It's yep. just part of it. It's yep. more than we can understand. We are only owed as much of an explanation as our audience surrogate is owed. Yeah. And Lost cheats a little bit on that mm-hmm. uh, by giving us some ir- irony. But here, like, we are only owed as much as what. Is what the people in the scenes that we've seen are mm-hmm. owed, and we get precisely that. So yeah. I can't say that it's being deceptive or limiting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's there's probably a way to fix it, but I I don't know where I'd do it. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing is like I just don't. I think you'd ruin the pacing of this movie yeah, to try exactly. and fix and any I think of these pacing issues. Is, is so much better. Yeah. That is that is. A plus most important thing oh, in the movie. To and, me. and this movie like moves. It's great. It's like even though we were saying like that first half hour is like, all right, when do we get to the pet cemetery of it all? Once we do, we do. And it just never well, lets up from there. To that, there was a point where we paused it for some reason or yeah. another. And it was like, oh shit, this is half over. Yep. And it was before anything had started. Yep. And so it does 
It, it does actually move. It keeps me in. Yeah. yeah. It, it kept me invested. I, I was like into it. And then once it moves, it, it really starts to move once it like gets into that back half, which I fucking loved. Mm. Uh, and then I just, the finale is like incredible. Those like, so those final like two minutes of his mom just on fire with her face crumbling, oh, screaming yeah. that dead is better and he should join her it's is like, manic. that's so intense. I love to that he uh, goes up to Anthony Edwards. He's like, you know, wake up because he's all unconscious. Yeah. We got to get out of here and can't get him to wake up. And then when he finally wakes up, he's the most urgent dad ever. Like, yeah. come on, son, get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I, I really liked this movie. I did too. It, and I really didn't expect to like it no. almost as much as the original. No, I know. And I think the original is probably the more complete full movie. For sure. But as sequels go, like this one's very good and yeah. it's better than most. It's fun. And, and it's just like... This is the kind of movie that I I know this is kind of a lot of what we said about the Psycho sequels too, but it's like this is the kind of movie I want to like surprise my friends with. Like, yo, you guys oh, want to yeah. fucking watch Pet Cemetery too? It's, it's weird. Like, yeah. let's do it. it you it's know? metal. Yeah. You like animals? Yeah. Might want to leave. And that, but <laughs> and, and it's so now that we've gotten through the, the whole thing and and everything, it, it is exactly what uh, that person on on Twitter had said to you. It's like this movie's fucking mean. It's really mean. That is like the best kind of way to to describe this movie. Is it is just where the first one is like a little bit fun because it's like a little bit of like a, a, a you know Stephen King always has a bit of that hokey fun to it you know oh, yeah. this movie drops the hokey fun and it's just like it's mean It, I mean actually there's still hokey fun to be had but it, it's mean um, in a way the first one is not it's less folklore yeah, and, and I think, yep. like we said before, it comes down to this isn't trying to introduce us to the concept of a pet cemetery. Right. Yes. You know, we go into this absolutely knowing that you bury things there, they come back, they're yep. not the same. Yeah. We absolutely know that. The first one actually has to take us there, show us the process, how it works. Yeah. I think this baked it into its premise pretty well. Yeah. And yeah, thumbs up. I really I'm, liked I'm into it. That. Yeah. I, I thought it was. And I just, the big takeaway is is what you you and I were talking about at the beginning of this episode is Mary Lambert fucking owns. She owns. She's such a good director. She's really good. And I, I know she's doing like a lot of TV work right now. And I think yeah. having a lot of success there, which is cool uh, and exciting for her. But you and I are fucking movie lovers. And uh, also, you know, are we are in the midst of a big conversation about women getting to direct more and, and just be involved in movies no more. Oscar directors that are female this year? I don't think so. I, I think it's none. And yeah. it's one of those where like it's a great year for women directors. Yeah, and see that's what gets me is like I'm not I'm not always on board with just like having to tick a box. Yes. But it goes to show that that the opportunity is limited yes. because you know, like I'm always about equal opportunity over like equal outcome. Yeah. When yeah. you mandate equal outcome, things just end up being low quality. Yeah. But like it is very clear in this year, it's very highly clear of that deficiency in opportunity. It's not equal opportunity. Because it's not equal opportunity. Yeah. Because we have you were never really yeah. here. Yeah. Because we have Leave No Trace. Yes. Because we have Revenge. Because yeah. like we have all of these yeah. great movies that just goes to show that like there's there's no reason to make any sort of limiting distinction of a director based on on gender. Gender, yeah. There's Agreed. no reason. There's Agreed. just none. Yeah. And, and the fact that Mary Lambert and and look, you, you and I, I know nothing of Mary Lambert's history in the industry. There could mm. be plenty of explanations for why she has not directed a ton of movies. But she's not directed and it a ton even, of movies. It could even be choice. Yep. We don't know. Exactly. We don't know. But she's not directed but a ton I suspect, of movies. Yeah. And based on the history of Hollywood and how women get treated there, especially when they're trying to be directors. She deserves to have made so many more movies. Oh, absolutely! And, and given the opportunity to, I make... wonder what opportunities were missed. Yes, you know, I yeah. wonder what yeah. opportunities just weren't there. And yeah, eh, you know, yeah, it's crazy. 
It's but she she owns. She really rules. Like I the after these two movies, I'm like, yeah, I fucking I've like and you know, I I liked Halloween Town too as a child. Uh, uh nice, it's like nice. so it's like I, I'm a Mary Lambert fan. I fucking really like her movies. Oh hells yeah. Um and, and probably will seek out like the couple others that she has directed. I want to check out some them. of her music videos because yeah. I know I've actually seen plenty oh, of them. Oh, I definitely them, have. But I I've never thought about them in terms of the direction. I know, and there's there's even there's a couple uh, uh scenes in this movie, some of the more nightmarish sequences mm. you you had mentioned as we were watching it have a sort of like, oh, that oh that's like kind of music video-y uh, direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be very interested to watch her music videos and see if you can kind of see some of her, uh, if there are like earmarks maybe that you can see uh, of her either in the movie from her music videos or vice versa. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I'd just be curious. I just want to see all of those effects were all things that were done in lens. Yep. And it looks fantastic. Looks awesome. And like, you could find me the best we'll fix it in post director of today and... You know, I, I'm not a director, so I, I probably shouldn't make such a broad sweeping statement. But I'm sure that is a plenty difficult and creative thing. But for yeah. my money, it's like if you if you want to call yourself I mean you can call yourself a director if you're a director. I'm not gonna be that that guy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But if you want to call yourself a, a good director for my money, you've gotta be able to like make that camera sing. You've yeah. gotta be able to put something in front of the camera and capture it with the camera that requires nothing but a pair of scissors to put together. Uh-huh. And you know, like you, yeah. you just kinda saying. like that. Yeah. And that's one thing that happens at a clip in both Pet Cemetery yeah. movies. And that sensibility to be in a modern movie, it just it breaks my heart that someone like Mary Lambert, who can do that and prove that she could do that, you know, potentially was not given the opportunities that she is absolutely deserving of. Yeah. And worse off that there's, you know, like Brett Ratner's in the world that are given tons of opportunities and actually aren't terribly good. Right, yeah. I mean... I think that's the most heartbreaking thing about the whole Brian Singer shit. I was gonna say. It's like, yeah, he's a fucking pedophile asshole. But I'm just glad that now we can say that he was actually not that impressive. Right, he's not even that good of a director. You know, there's a million reasons why we shouldn't hire him. Yeah. But for him to get a job over a Mary Lambert when he's not even really that exciting of a director anyway says a lot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a very uh, troublesome industry. <laughs> it's changing though. I think yes. that uh, yeah. there's the noise is out there. Yep, and it's gonna happen. I you know uh, the fact that it was a good year for female filmmakers yes. this year shows that there are baby steps happening. In that there was access to them, there was uh, 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 positive reviews put towards them, and there was opportunities for them. to Opportunity be made. is growing. It's growing. It's not where it should be, yeah. but it's happening. And yep. so we just got to keep being loud about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And and I think there's been a lot of waves around award season year after year for the last mm-hmm. few years now um, that is pushing the industry that way. And that's 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 good. That's the kind that's of sea change good. we need. Um, so um, I just that I, that is my big takeaway from these two movies. It's just like I fucking love Mary She's Lambert. She rules. Um, and uh, I, I hope we get to see more movies from her. I'd like to, you know, you and I are movie people. Like, I'd like to see another Mary Lambert movie. That's maybe it'll happen. Yeah, that's right. There's a documentary on Shudder right now that is all about the making of Pet Cemetery from idea to book Ooh, to movie. Ooh, cool. And it's supposed to be very good. I tried to squeeze it in this week before yeah. this, but I ultimately decided against it because I thought maybe it would have spoilers for mm, part for two, two, and yeah. I didn't want to do yeah. that because they tend to do that. In like I'll probably check that out. That. It seems pretty cool. I'd love to know about but that. But I wonder if because of this sudden, at least in my experience, I'm starting to notice Pet Cemetery everywhere. Mm-hmm. And in seeing that this documentary popped up, it, who knows, you know? In Horror's Resurgence, Mary Lambert, a name that I didn't know a month ago, yeah. is now one that might get some traction. I'd be very Maybe excited. Maybe she'll pop out a cool movie for us. I know. I'd be very be excited. Awesome. Like, give her a Blumhouse movie. 
Put, put, oh, her, yeah. put her on something that like is a very like, you know, a uh, uh, mid to low budget movie that just needs like somebody with fucking an eye and style and experience to like get it across the board. You know that what I mean? Good. Yeah. Or ask her, be like, do you have any scripts you have? Totally. You I know. She's probably, I bet she's got a dozen movies she's wanted to make that yeah, she never got the opportunity for. What's your dream project that you can do for, you know, for 10 mil? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I would love to see it. All right. Let's fucking, let's do some lists and get out of here. Yeah. Pet Cemetery was awesome. Yes. Pet Cemetery 2 was slightly less awesome, but awesome in ways Super that I never could have foreseen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. And these are, once again, I used to always dismiss these as like when you see like Hellraiser 15 or Children of the there's a Children of the Corn 666 is oh one of god them. yeah that's right and you know I, I was almost trained to just see these things as potentially less because yep. they're old it was bef- quote unquote like I said last time before we figured out how to adapt King yes and uh, you know as it turns out and as I have a greater understanding of King with every new book I read they're like anything else. Some are good, some are bad. Yep. And uh, all of them have something. Yeah. And even though this is not based directly on King, it, I, I just I think it really goes to show how brilliant he is. He's, yeah. he's my favorite writer, hands yeah. down. Yeah. And there's just such a well of creativity. You know what I think it is with a lot of Stephen King material is that he does what I always say about you know, what Star Wars does that Avatar doesn't. It creates this hugely imaginative world, but doesn't put a lid on it. Yeah. And lets and gives me a realm in which I start to imagine things I want to do, whereas, like, Avatar kind of ends with, with James Cameron's vision. It's his to have, and that's got its value, too. Sure. Most Stephen King stories, you know, we all think of them as the concept, as just like, oh, it's a killer car. Right. But yeah. that's not a movie about a killer car. Right. That's a movie about ego. Yep. And yep. so, and it's because it's all of this great character work. Uh, it's a book about ego, presumably. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all this great character work comes out of that. But there's a million things I could do with killer car. Mm-hmm. There's a million things I could do with a graveyard that when you bury things, they come back and they come back different. Um, you could make another pet cemetery, and I would, I would be in to see what you could do with it. Oh, yeah. Because there's a creative. It's such a good concept, and I think that's something King is really good at, is using a concept, fleshing it out, using it to a full potential, Mm -hmm. but leaving enough flexibility and space that there's no way to use it to its fullest potential. There's room for our imagination, and Pet Cemetery is a great example of that. Yeah. And I think that's why Pet Cemetery 2 works. It's It's a concept that works. It's kind of an interesting sequel, if you think about it, too, in the way that it it does connect itself to the original one, but not in... Not in many direct senses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are new characters. They're new. You know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. kind of an interesting sequel. They're it's, tags as opposed to yeah. expository references. It is yeah. sequel in concept more than in like story. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It didn't have to. Uh, short of it having to be based around that pet cemetery, yes. it didn't have to take place in the same town. Right. Yeah. Like they could have taken place on the adjacent town and just yeah. they take a different path to it. Yeah. You know, it's it could be that, but. I appreciate that they tied it in. Pretty interesting. It's it's cool. Uh, so what we decided to do, and I, I think Dan and I, we're probably right about this. I think we may have done this list at some point in the past. Uh, but I also am... Why o- do it again? 
I am always watching horror movies too. Uh, and it's funny every time I come here, you have a new novelty horror shirt. Yes. I'm enamored with this one. Oh, the dude, Return of the Living Dead. It's the best. It's the got best the half one. dogs on it. It's so good. And yeah. the bright. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, I love it. It's got the little but cans. Every on it. every time I come over to do movie movie, you have some new sweatshirt from Cavity Colors. I, I have I have straight up become like a real full full on horror hound over the last Hells like yeah. couple of years. I uh, remember when we first started this show. I was like and barely I was like, into you got to get into horror, and you're like, yeah, it was never really my thing. Yeah. So it pleases me greatly. I love it. Horror it's, is how I got into b- movies. Yeah. You know, it's and now that I'm and now that I'm movie into movies, movies, I'm realizing they're the movie movies. So the I'm movie like, movies. I'm hungry for them. Sweet. Yeah. I'm into uh, it. So I'm, so I'm always excited. watching more, and so I feel like so we're gonna do horror sequels. I think we've done a list like this before. I tried to make sure I picked ones that like we've certainly talked about some of these on the show before, but I don't think I've really put them on lists before. Um, and again, it's just I, I've been watching a lot, so I, I feel like I've got some fresh ones to add to the conversation, maybe. I'm into it. I um, I've got some classics and like honorable mentions here. Yeah, I say I I would like to do honorable mentions. Because, oh yeah, like I left out the Halloween sequels because I did the whole deep dive. Yeah, and yeah. that was a lot. Yeah, um, and a lot of them were not good. Yeah, yeah. But one of them was great. But it's yeah. not going to be on my list. Yeah, actually, a couple of them were great. But um, you know, and then there was other things that I thought maybe we talked about or didn't like. I'm not going to touch Donner Day of the Dead because what am I going to say about I did the that same that thing. we haven't done? I did the same thing. I left those off. Yeah, I left those out. I'm not going to do Psycho 2 yep. because we have a whole episode devoted to it. Yep. You still might? <laughs> uh, it's it's my number one. I'll just put that out there. That's just that uh, the reason that ended up on my list. I'll just put it out there and we can, you know, yeah. we'll skip we'll it over. It but it just, I... Uh, it's the it's probably the best horror It's like the I've best horror sequel I've ever seen. So I like could not put it on this list. I am, I'm with you. I yeah. I think that might be the best horror I just wanted to I've make that point. I yeah. wanted to use this to make that point oh, that yeah. it's like, I think it might actually be the best horror sequel I've ever seen. It's pretty perfect. It's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. That's one of those movies that, that first, like... Every time I look at it, I want to watch it again because yes. every time I look at it on my letterbox, I never want to go back and change reviews. Yeah. I was like, why did I not just give that five stars? <laughs> I gave it four and a half stars. And yeah. I'm like, what is the thing? Yeah. yeah. What is and then I think about all these other five star things that I dished out. I'm like, well, they had imperfections. I yeah. just had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I should do it. We'll have to rewatch it soon. We'll, we'll yeah, it. Yeah. That way you can give it that five that it deserves. Uh, I did that with First Reformed. First Reformed yeah. is a 10-star movie. <laughs> and when I got out of that, I was like, oh, I should see it again. But then like, I'm thinking, like, I dropped Vox Lux, a five-star score. It deserved one. Yeah. Boom. And I'm like, I like that just as much as I like yeah. yeah. First Reformed. Okay. I do the same thing sometimes. But anyway, yes. Stars okay, are so arbitrary. They're starbitrary. Those, the words count. Those caveats out of the way. We'll say I knocked one out of, off of my list already. I gave you my number one, Psycho 2. Why don't right you on. give us one of yours? Okay, so... Um, I don't have much to say about this one, but I think an actual, like, truly phenomenal horror sequel is 28 Weeks Later. Oh, I've never seen that. 28 Weeks I Later. I keep hearing great things about this movie. It's so good. It's uh, Juan Carlos Fresnadillo, I okay. believe. I, I don't know I don't that know name. if it's Carlos. I could just be saying uh, Spanish Just names. putting that in there, yeah. Fresnadillo is the name. But I know it's three names, and it's Juan yep. Fresnadillo or Fresnadillo. Um, oh, what did he do? Uh, either way, uh, 28 Weeks Later is, you know, it's, it's more of the same in sure. terms of... This is now 28 weeks later. Oh, you, know? you don't say. So that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. But the opening scene of, and I think 28 Days Later is a slightly better movie. Mm-hmm. Danny Boyle's just got some sort of like a level of class to what he's doing. But 28 weeks later is like flying very close to the sun. Cool. It's really good. But the opening scene yeah. is a farmhouse that is you know, essentially being a quiet place. Yeah. Oh, and okay. It's yeah. breached. Yeah. And then oh. it is this crazy chase across the countryside. Uh, that is, uh, what's his name? 
Oh god damn it! From Train Spotting, Robert Carlyle. Oh cool. And uh, yeah, he's the star. Cool. And it's just everyone's holed up in this house, and then shit goes down, and he's got to go through the fields into a lake. He's rowing. There's zombies coming out of the Whoa. water. It's intense. That first scene, it's like twenty minutes, maybe. Whoa. It might even just be like eight minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's better than the entirety of Twenty Eight Days Later. Whoa. It is some of the finest horror filmmaking I have ever seen. And um, I, it's one that I will often just put on just for that. It's so fucking good. It's, oh, it's scary cool. as shit. The one nightmare I have that is like a recurring nightmare is based on that scene. Whoa. And it's it's because the the rage virus, how that spreads is yeah. so scary to me. Yeah. There's something scary about getting bit and then having that moment of this is my last moment of lucidity before I need to be killed. Yeah, yeah. And they capture that very well in 28 <laughs> uh, Days Later. Yeah. But in tw- in this moment of 28 Weeks Later, it's that just on machine gun. Oh, God. And it really upsets me. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I really want to see that. It's really good. I've heard very good things about that movie. Overall, it's good. Great Jeremy Renner performance. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's an early Renner movie. Yeah, he's, he's in it. It's a... Uh, you know, and it is just more of the same. It's yeah, more people trying to find safety in this set of chaos. But yeah. man, oh man, it is good. Oh, I like it. Yeah, Twenty Eight Weeks Later is a great sequel. People argue. Some people argue that it's better than the original. And whereas I don't agree, I will never fight it because it's defensible. Okay, it's really I like good. It. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna throw this. This is maybe if I had to rank these like the bottom of my list, maybe this will surprise you. I don't know. I got to do a Chucky marathon earlier this year, and I'm putting Bride of Chucky on this list. I left Chucky movies off because Child's Play 2 would have been on my list. Child's Play 2 is good. It's great. Yeah. But it's been so long since I've seen them, and I just knew one would be on your list. I saw them all recently, and I loved Bride of Chucky. And and by the way, if like... There was part of me that wanted to make this list the like weird slasher sequels that yeah, I like because yeah, yeah. I actually really like weird slasher sequels in general. Um, but Bride of Chucky is like... I had to put it on this list because it is so weird in such a distinct way that has uh, the fact that there's a scene in that movie where a basically husband and wife puppet try and fight each other with shovels <laughs> is like the most. Um, I that's insane. That's the so Chucky cool. Doll, twenty years after, no, maybe not twenty years, almost twenty years after its inception, fucks. Yeah, that's <laughs> like so literally crazy. the concept of the movie. It's so crazy. And and by the way, it's also like um, it it, it is a, a, a for a series that is very often pretty heavily misogynistic. Mm. It's like a a very like feminist movie right in the it middle of that series bit. by bringing the female doll into yeah. it and having her not take shit from Chucky. <laughs> and she is so amazing in that movie. A uh, Jennifer Jennifer Tilly Tilly is amazing in Whose that movie. Sister was in Psycho too. Yes, yeah, yeah. She she's amazing in this movie. Like I I, I really like Bride of Chucky. It's very fun Pride and of Chucky weird rules. and cool. Same director as Freddy versus Jason. Oh, yes. Get on it. I can't Get wait to see it. that. I'm like I'm, and I'm right Warriors there ready. Of Virtue. I'm ready. What? Well, some movie where like Muppet kangaroo ninjas fight. It was for kids in the wake of oh. Power Rangers. But Ronnie, you also did. That. You sold me until you told me it was a kids' movie. Oh, well, I mean, you if you had just I've told me that premise, that. I I would have been in. He also did Formula Fifty One with Meatloaf and Robert Carlyle. Okay, also that maybe you need cool to see. Season. Yeah. Season. All right. Okay. Um, Bride of Chucky. Yeah, Bride of Chucky's good. It's fun. I, I've probably told this story on the air a million times. I know I've told it to you. Bride of Chucky is one of those movies that when I watched it for the first time, my mom walked in the oh, room. Yep. And she walked in right as the Tiffany doll was giving birth. And I just remember she was like, what the hell are you watching? Like, and all I could think was like, 
I don't have enough time to get you. Here. How do I explain like, I this to you? I can't. We're four movies deep, yeah. and this last one is a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> There's a yeah, lot of pages yeah. to cover. I can't get you here. You just got to trust that everything's going to be okay and that I'm fine. <laughs> it's just, go back. So funny. Give me another one. All right. Um, I picked this because we, we talked about this before the show started. Yes. It's not necessarily movie by movie the best franchise. Yes, But yes, collectively, yes. it's the best franchise. And my favorite entry in the Friday the 13th franchise is Jason Lives, part oh, six. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Part six is the only one that I think tries to, and what's weird is I normally wouldn't be into this, those movies do lean into exploitation pretty yes. heavily. Yeah. I mean, five was directed by a porn director. Oh, um, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, it's. I mean, but I mean, the, the producers were porn producers. Yeah, I, do, I did it's know just, that, yeah. It's, it's very much a... a uh, it's sleaze. It's sleaze, and they lean into the exploitation aspect of it, and I think ultimately that's probably why I... Uh, I'm just, it just occurred to me how many times I've said ultimately tonight. <laughs> um, ultimately, it's going to be a lot. But it, it occurred to me why I, uh, why I like these movies is because they're sort of exploitative, and I, I like yeah, that flavor. And it just it There's a wrinkle in my brain devoted to that from my youth. Yep. But six does try to continue the Tommy Jarvis story, yes. I believe. Yep. Um, it has the James Bond opening. Yes, of, it does. Uh, Jason, you know, coming at the screen with a knife. Yep. But it, it's one that I just remember looking crisp and yep. being quite fun. Yeah. In the way that I don't think the series reaches again until a Jason X. It is expressly really like, like a comedy. Yeah. That Jason is the star of. Yeah. It's exactly. definitely the first one that like Jason is the star of this movie. Exactly. And it yeah. was the return of Jason. Five yeah. was the the paramedic yes. and not Jason. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and it wasn't until three that he got his mask. Yes. So it was sort of like reuniting with an old friend. But it is still a bit grimy and exploitative. It is, yeah. It is a titty movie. Yeah. It is, a, you know, just blood everywhere movie. Yeah. But it is, and I think actually you probably said it best, this is the first one that I think really runs with the idea that Jason is the important part of this series. Yep. Not that that wasn't known, of course, oh, yeah. for following Jason. But yeah. after this, I think it became clear that... No connective tissue is not the point here. Yeah. Sure, we can write some characters. We can have a telekinetic girl and yeah, her crazy yeah, father. Yeah. All that. We can do that, but like these are shells for Jason. Yeah. And six is the one. Six is the fast five of the series, yeah, if you yeah, ask yeah. me. And so I like Jason That's interesting. part six. That, I'll, I'll put this out there, and uh, we don't need to have this argument now, because I'd actually like to rewatch it before I like totally put it. I, that, I think, might be like one of my least favorite in the series. I did, I did not like that one that much when I, I, would when say I watch watched it. watch it again. I do want to watch it. I mean, yeah. I want to watch those, all of those movies again, like, like a this. million times. That's the thing, is the last time I watched all of these, yeah. including this one, was probably like six, seven years yeah. ago, so... It might not be as good as I remember. It's, I mean, my my, my dislike of it was more just like uh, I was watching these back to back, all of them mm -hmm. for the first time, and watching them back to back, it was like, oh, okay, so this is the one where it gets like, like really stupid. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's trying to be a, the goofy one, it's like, oh, so this is where they stop taking it seriously, and it just becomes trash. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but that might be an unfair opinion too. That might have just been from. You're the, not wrong though. That yeah. is the point where it realized what it was. And yeah. Tried to do that. And I think that, like, you'll see in, not so much in Seven, but in uh, Jason Takes Manhattan and Jason X and Freddy vs. Jason, 
there is a marked uptick in humor. I think so, yeah. In Manhattan, he does the mask yep. gag where yep. he pulls it off and scares some kids. Yep. You know, Jason X, we, we've gone into that before. And that so definitely starts with this movie. It starts with this yeah, movie. Yeah. And so it's probably thicker in this movie. I yep. don't remember it, but what always sticks out to me is that opening scene where yes. he goes to stab Jason and then lightning strikes. Yep. That's what brings him back. That's just magic. That's to me, cool. Man. That is like that some is cool, cool shit. Yep. I don't remember much beyond that. But yeah. Last time I did the complete series watch, yeah, that was this the one. is the one that stuck yeah. out for me. And yeah. So that's that's it, why this, it makes my list. I'm the guy that loves Jason X. That's an honorable mention on my list. I, I love so, Jason X. Too. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I can't defend. I I have no defense yeah, of like yeah. this one's better. I don't know. Than that, you your know, read like, on Jason X goes deeper than any I've heard, <laughs> and yeah. I think is correct. Yeah. And and makes me like it more. And yeah. I already liked yeah. it. Because I liked it because it was dumb. It's now I love so it because great. it's actually pretty smart. Yeah, yeah it's great. So don't don't discount your fair, Jason fair, fair. knowledge here. I think fair, you're, you're up fair. to snuff. Uh, all right, I'm going to throw uh, Scream 4 as my next one. Honorable mention. Dude. I knew it was going to be on yours because you just watched I it. I just watched awesome. it recently, and I, I like all the Scream movies a lot. Uh, I don't actually. I, I actually strongly dislike 3. Interesting. I, I like the rest quite a bit. Here's the thing. I haven't seen 2 and 3 since I was maybe a teenager. So like Two's revisiting them, I might feel differently. I don't know. 3 is so bad. Okay. I, I remember enjoying all those movies like yeah, quite yeah. a bit, but I, again, thing. I watched them as a teenager. If I were to do a series rewatch, yeah. I would include three in it, though. Of course. It's absolutely yeah. part of, course. of it. Of course, got to. Yeah. So four was one where I was like, oh, I should see this. Like I liked these movies as a kid. I still really like the original. I've seen that like quite a few times since I was a teenager. Um, I should watch four. I, it just was like, I didn't see it when it came out. I didn't care that much. Now I'm more into horror. I should watch it. I fucking loved it. It's great. And like, again, having not seen the other sequels since I was in high school, I this sequel is awesome. It's I, I think it's like legit. I really like it as a sequel to Scream. hands down the best sequel to Scream. It's so opinion. good. It's got so many great scenes. I feel like it's some of Craven's... I, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, uh, but I do actually think it's some of Craven's best like directing work. It's oh, without like, a doubt. You can tell it's like him at his most experienced working with stuff that he fucking loves to work with. Like He's having a blast and he's killing it. It's like really, really good. And if you think about it, out of the franchises that he helmed, yeah. he did all of the screams. Yep. He only did two of two the, of the nightmares. You know? yep. And so yeah. it's... Yeah. It's pretty good. It's, it's really good. It's got so many good scenes and characters. Uh, and I just love the end of this movie. I will never forget Sydney saying, "You forgot the one. You forgot like the main rule of of uh, remakes. Don't fuck with the original." And then oh, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. kills the the killer. Oh, it's, I gotta watch it again. I've seen it but once, but I that's really fucking liked it. killer. That's so that's good. What's so cool about that series? And we always we we short we we give the short end of the stick to Kevin Williamson too. I yeah. mean, he's equally brilliant at this. Absolutely. Where Scream was like, okay, this is what. Uh, it rode the wave that it created. Scream yeah. was this is you know this is what slashers are all about. This is why yeah, we love yeah. slashers. Well, now we're gonna in part two uh, unpack the sequel. Yeah. Then in the third one, it's like, well, now we can actually refer to it as a trilogy. Yeah, trilogy. And they Craig. do cap the trilogy there yeah. and comment on the trilogy. Yeah. And then of course you got to reboot Scream. Yeah, it was course. iconic. Yeah. So why not reboot it by just doing one about reboots? Yeah. Brilliant. It's great. Absolutely. Brilliant. And it works. It's like, it's very, very good. I really like Scream Man, 4. Wes Craven was just... And by the way, Scream 4 features really excellent performances from a ton of actors that, since the original Screams, 
haven't had the kind of fame you would expect them to have. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? That's true. And all of them are... Ready to Rumble too. never happened. Yeah, uh, all of them are fucking fantastic in it. Courtney Cox is great in it. Yeah. David Arquette's great in it. Um, um, Nev Campbell is awesome in it. Like it, Nev Campbell's always great. Of course, yeah. Now she was in Skyscraper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want to see that, actually. I know it's <laughs> supposed to not be good, but... I, it's one of those movies, I, the joke I made is, can you imagine how good Skyscraper would have been if it was good? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like totally... Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's totally worth watching. It's yeah. a blast. Yeah, but, I want to see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I was very impressed that like all of those actors showed the fuck up for that movie and Hells are like yeah. they, they like remind you like why aren't these people in fucking movies all the time? Like they're yeah. they're great. I like David Arquette so much. Me too. I like Courtney Cox so much. Yeah. I, well, and I think a couple of them got into TV and stuff. Yes, yeah, so you're you're right. That. It's not like they weren't working. It's yeah, yeah uh, but they weren't like they were the shit. I know. It's, I'm just out. surprised they didn't. They were not able to ride that that wave of yeah. stardom that they they they. Meanwhile, do you remember who uh, Cotton Weary was played by in Scream One? Yes, uh, and Scream Two. Yeah, it was uh, Liev Schreiber. I was gonna say, yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing very well. Yes, he is. Yeah, and then um, uh, who is the other one? Yeah, Matthew Lillard, uh, not so much. Yeah, he's you know he's still working, but oh, he's he was not. in season three of Twin Peaks, and he was awesome. Yeah, I've heard Lillard um, is like up to some just like interesting weird stuff. He's lately. A, he's a real good actor. Yeah, uh, we just think he's just very unique looking. Yes, yes, yes. Who else was in Scream Four that I was gonna reference? Oh no, you know who Culkin. else? Uh, the uh, in Scream Two, remember who the bad guys were? One was Timothy Oliphant. Oh, right. And so he's doing all right. I forgot about that. And then the other one was, oh, no. Oh, no. What is her name? She's, like, so lovely. She was in Roseanne. Um, oh. Uh, uh, She's, like, the best actress yeah. working today. I know. Like, was she in... Uh, I got this. I got this. I'm quick. I'm quick. It was... Oh, I forgot Heather Graham was in Scream 2. Oh, I forgot that, too. Um... Uh, 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 uh. It's not Metcalf. Larry Metcalf. Yeah, it's Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Metcalf. yeah. It's funny that we both got there at the yeah. same time. Well, I saw it. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more credit for you. Uh, uh, yeah, Scream had some really good people coming out of it. Yeah. But it's just, I, yeah. I really love those. And I just thought Four was like great. Four it's is so really cool. Yeah. It's so funny. Remember yeah. that opening that like just kept layering gags? Yes. Yeah. So good. Uh, Allison Breeze in that movie. I'm yep. very good in that movie. She's oh, like yeah, really yeah. funny in it. There's Isn't like she a. the killer? No. No. I'm gonna watch that again. I'll keep it. I'll keep, I'll keep it secret. Oh, also, Hayden Panettiere or however you say that yeah. name, awesome in that movie. I love her. I I can't believe she's not in more movies. I think it's because she's like on TV. Oh yeah, she rocks in that movie. I don't she's remember. so good. She's always saved the cheerleader, save the world for me. I, that's always yeah, what I thought of I her know. as. And then when she showed up, and I loved her in that show, and I saw Scream, and I was like, yo, she fucking rocks in this too. She's like, she's awesome. Nice. Yeah, she is awesome. She's one of those people too that like that like dives with dolphins and stands in the way of of pirate harpoons oh is that's that true badass. oh that's yeah, cool she's yeah. like one of those yeah. yeah she rocks and scream for it. she's really good all right number three for me do it movie that i am begging for you to see okay because i could be completely wrong about oh, my read okay. on this movie okay. but i think that it's a movie that that especially given the current topic of gendered politics i think is very very interesting and i think is probably very smart and and uh subversive while being progressive yeah but i think that hostile 2 Ooh. is really really trying to say something okay and what hostile 2 switches and i like hostile as well i've hostile not seen is these about movies. a couple of bros that are yeah. going to go out to europe they're going to 
fuck. They're going to do drugs. They're <laughs> going to just do bro shit. Yeah. And then because they, you know, they get drawn in by these sexy ladies who, yep. who work for this company that is torture for hire. Okay. Um, they get stuck in this place where you get tied up and people pay to torture an American. Jesus. You know, that kind of yeah. A thing. Yeah. That's what it is. Part two follows two separate uh, two separate uh, timelines. One, a group of girls going to a European trip. Okay. And two guys that have already pre-purchased some people. Whoa. And so it is these two guys that are getting pumped up for, we're actually going to do this. We bought yeah. some, American, some American sluts and we're going to cut them up. Whoa. And then these three very different not as broadly depicted uh, protagonists as in the first movie, yeah. which is where I think that it gets its edge. And uh, but it's also like just a real gnarly ass splatter <laughs> uh-huh. torture porn movie. Yeah, yeah. But uh, where it ultimately lands and how it ends is what I think is sort of a. I don't want to word it too strongly because it's been a while since I've seen it. But certainly a pretty aggressive and gaudy and purposefully gnarly. Just flip flop of all of horror's power structures, oh, especially in torture porn. Yeah, and it's hammy and it's loose, but it's just a big sloppy wet fish to the face. Oh, interesting. Yeah, with its message, and it's just real gnarly. I think Hostel Two is is straight up brilliant. The more Eli Roth I see, the more I like it. So, like, I am interested. In the wake of Knock Knock, I think that my assessment of last having seen it ten years ago yeah. is probably correct. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because I yeah. think that movie grapples with some of the same issues yeah. and does it in a muddy way that says all of the right things without being so pointed as to be gross. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it just it gets down and dirty and, and I think comes out with the, the right conclusions Yeah, without sacrificing the fact that it first wants to be just like a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hostile 2 is like that, but it, it less wants to be a blast so much as it wants to be a blast, it also wants to like fuck with you. But yeah, yeah. It is where it ends is really, really interesting about ego and male fragility and and just... Just the application of violence and how that connects to to sex drive, how it connects to our animal, but also how it can reframe any situation. It's so good. I can't even oh, begin it's to... crazy. Yeah. I, if I can stomach it, I'll try it one day. You can. They're, those yeah. movies are not nearly as like aggressively gruesome as... like If you can watch what we watched tonight, you're yeah. fine. Okay. They have a, 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 a reputation that... Yeah is created by the hype that someone like Eli Roth builds because he yes. wants you to come yeah. out to see his carnival. Yeah. And yeah. step right up. Yeah. And so but they're they're not as you know, it's like any saw movie. Okay. It's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. One day. I think it would be fun to do an episode on two, but I think <sighs> to watch two we I gotta watch, watch one. one. Yeah. But um if you want to take that journey. I gotta with get me, there. Hold all your right. hand through it. All right. I gotta get there. Yeah all right. Uh, it's so funny because all the shit that I'm watching you watch, it's all a million times. The Blob is a million times more upsetting and gruesome than Custom uh, Two. But uh, you two. Know, it's 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 not uh, so specifically that it is gross. I think it is often the tone with which it's yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah. The Blob is very silly. That's uh, true. You know, and so I have fun when it gets gross. I'm like, ah, it's getting gross. These are silly if you're in tune with Eli yeah. Roth's decidedly That's dark thing. sense of humor. Now that I've seen a few more yeah. of his movies, I feel like maybe I'd be able to tune into that you frequency and get it. He's trying... Because he's being a, a splatter goon. He, yeah, uh, he's definitely... The way a, that he always has. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's definitely trying to work on the nerve of let's see how much you can take. Yeah. But that's not the main interest, the yeah. way that Saw is, yeah, the way yeah. that a lot of things yeah. are. Um, he is having fun with it. And when yeah. you get his sense of humor, 
you know, he plays scratch in a in cabin fever. Mm-hmm. You get that sense of humor. It does. Yeah. But you know, it might right. not be to your taste. But I think that thematically, it's very very resonant to what we end up frequently talking about on this show. Okay. And I would like to watch it again to kind of pull that apart. Sure. Because that always resonated with me. And yeah. now that I have a more mature view of that, it, it would be worth watching again. And I. It's a good movie. Yeah. A, a regular torture porn wouldn't get me to where I am at this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair, fair. Uh, the next one I'm going to throw at you, uh, this is, I, I think, the most... Yeah, this is definitely the most recent movie on my list, and I thought I'd put it on here just so we could uh, give it a nod, because I think it's worth it and deserving. Ten Cloverfield Lane, I think, is an excellent horror Almost sequel. my list, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just a great movie. Uh, you know, we could argue about whether it's horror. We could even argue about whether it's a sequel. Um, but I'm just going to call it a Anthology horror sequel for is these as purposes. Much a part of horror is blood. That's what I think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I'm I'm including it on this list, and I just think it's a fucking like killer movie. I, killer movie. I'm like dying to watch it again. I think that Goodman's performance is like one of the better horror lead performances, and uh, uh, that I've seen in, in a while. Are they're oh, they're all fantastic. Notch. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, I guess I mean as a a literal like horror villain character. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's like one of the better ones I've seen in a while, you know, uh, where I, I, I get like very invested and interested in that character and have fun with that character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 10 Cloverfield Lane is like really I've good. I've seen that twice ever. Yeah. And I remember I saw the it first once. time That's it. there was that big conversation about like whether the ending lands. Yeah. Yeah. And I know when we talked about it, uh, not to speak for you, but I'm pretty sure we landed on like it's necessary oh, and it works. Yeah. I liked it the a lot. The second time you watch it, yeah. you're like, oh, that's the best part about this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this has to be here. Yeah. That I, I like great. that ending a lot. Really yeah. shame about Paradox. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I kind of hope that Paradox didn't kill the Cloverfield brand. Yeah. I would watch more. I would that. watch more Cloverfield. Because even Paradox, like, like that movie sucked dick. There's but, cool stuff in it. Yeah, like yeah. I was definitely I was aggressively being charitable towards it. Yeah. And that's what made it disappointing when yeah. I couldn't do that yeah. anymore. Yeah. But for a long time it did maintain. Yeah. And I think that that's something. It's I think it's conceptually pretty awesome. Oh, um yeah. I think execution wise it's like very sloppy it's and messy, dumb yeah. and, and uh but there's and there but there are like good scenes in it. There's like there, there's stuff in there that's that's worthwhile. It's fucked. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't fuck. Nah, it, that movie is really bad. I think it's really bad. Uh, but but it, but it's I you know I don't want to disparage it that much because there's creative stuff going on oh, there yeah. and and uh, the balls on that experiment yeah. is enough for me. Yeah, yeah, it is more than enough for yeah. me. The fact that the Eagles won the Super Bowl <laughs> and I'm in South Philly and it was madness in the streets yeah. and and Jenna and I went out on the street to be a part of it and the whole time I was out on that street I was like this is Cloverfield I want to watch time. Cloverfield and I don't give a fuck about yeah. any of this it's great and all yeah. and like you know I'm trying to be good and festive yeah. but all day the next day all I could think about was getting home so that I could finally watch Cloverfield Paradox and that's yeah. that's balls yeah so yeah. you know yeah I, ho- I hope it didn't kill it I, w- I would watch I more so Cloverfield too. movies there's been a couple things that like roll through, and then there's like the suspicion of maybe it's Cloverfield movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for the next split, though. Yeah. The next movie to be a movie, then right at the end, just be like, "Ha ha! I'm actually yeah. Ethan Hunt," you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. pulls his mask off. God, would I love a movie that is secretly a Mission Impossible movie? I want. That's such a great I idea. want at the end. We made the joke at the yeah. very last Mission Impossible movie. Ethan Hunt pulls the mask off and reveals Xander Cage. Yes. But I would love if right from there he just pulled his mask off and reveals Ethan Hunt in <laughs> roll credits. Uh-huh. Like, oh shit! <laughs> so many layers. Yeah. All right. Um. 
my number two. Uh-huh. Um, Final Destination Two. Oh, I've never seen the any of the sequels to Final oh, Destination, man. and I re- I quite enjoy the first one. Well, the first one, yeah, a lot of fun, yeah. But that is a movie that is in the post-American Pie horror world, the floating heads on the poster, yep. the faculty, yep. 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 Uh, deep scream sequel oh, yes. ripoffs. Yep. It was yep. of that era, teen horror, I believe yeah. is what we'll call <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And um, and it's a but it's a great concept. Like I was talking about before, death chasing you, following its pattern, yeah. uh, following you know the order of when people would have died. So much fun, yep. so much you can do with that. And that movie doesn't do much. Yeah, the sequel does everything, <laughs> like and it's it layers upon layers of people you know getting skipped by death and coming back for it. There's so many uh, little foreshadowings to certain deaths, some which come true and some which are red herrings to just bait and switch you for another death. Yeah. And all of the deaths are gruesome and Rube Goldbergian. Yeah, yeah. It's just a blast. Like one was a great concept done pretty well. Yeah. Two was like you want to make a franchise out of this? This is what we need to do. <laughs> and two took it and ran with it and just made it this crazy fun, you know, if if uh, if you could do this in a PG thirteen setting or a light R setting, it would be a splatter movie. It's yeah. not very splattery, yeah. but it's pretty gruesome. Yeah, yeah. Final Destination two fucking rules. Ooh, I, want, I can't and, wait uh, to watch those. All of the sequels have value, but yeah. that is hands down the best one. Ooh, cool. It's so good. I've heard. Am I right about this? The last one has like a a big final twist that is supposedly like really worthwhile. Yep. Yeah, I want to do these so much because it, what's funny too is the very last movie, because by that point nobody wanted to see Final yeah. Destination, and I saw all the sequels in 3D, which everyone's were <laughs> yes, in 3D, right. and they were every single one was worth it. Yeah. Some are better than others. Yeah. Some are like very empty and thrown together. But midway through the last one, there's a detail that hints to that ending. Yeah, and in my head, I was like. <laughs> That's a blooper. Yeah. They fucked that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't even acknowledge it. And then when it all comes together, I'm like, you. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's a really, really, really great ending. Oh, that's cool. You should actually get on it just yeah. so that it doesn't spoil you. Yeah. And so I can talk about it. Okay. Fair. Fair. Uh, well, so. Those movies are a blast. They're yeah. Like oh, the, I would totally watch those. Yeah. Midnight movies to the, you know. That, uh, Final Destination is another one of those early, just like uh, a horror movie I actually did see as a kid and was like, I yeah, kind of yeah. like this, you know? Um, I, I remember watching that at like a sleepover party and it was like fun to I watch with friends. I rented that tape the same day that I rented the tape of American Psycho. Oh, cool. And that's yeah. what I did that day was yeah. I watched those two movies. Oh, I like that. So day. This is technically my number two, but it'll be the last one I discuss here because I threw another one out already. Uh, because I just watched this whole series, I figured I'd throw some love to New Nightmare, which That's, is... I left that as an honorable mention because I knew it would be it, Here's the thing. List. I yeah. actually debated... I wanted to put one of those on the list because I just watched all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, uh, some of them for the first time. Um, and, and I debated whether I was going to put three or New Nightmare on there because I also really like three. Um, it's funny. My other honorable mention out of that franchise was actually two. Oh, interesting. Two is good. I love the way two looks. Yeah. I just like the way it looks. Oh, it looks really good. It it, looks you awesome. know what's funny? That I've seen that one so twice. Gnarly. Both times, I it is maybe one of my least favorite Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street movies because I don't actually think it's a very good Nightmare on Elm Street that's movie. The thing. It's just an eighties gnarly movie. Yes, using Freddy. Yes, but I think that's what I like about it because um, I like all I like all of them. I like movies. all of them. Yeah, uh, but that one for some reason the imagery of him like <laughs> bursting out yes. of the pool always yeah. stuck with me. I just he love it. Bursts out of his chest at that oh, scene yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's. I mean, there is some really good stuff in that movie. I that movie is like I think one of my least favorite of the series, but I I literally like every movie in that series. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, and but new nightmare, man. Oh, new nightmare. Yeah. The reason I chose that one over three because I, I maybe if I was going to rank the series would put three over new nightmare. Mm. I just think new nightmare is very fun to talk about. Oh yeah, it is such a. Cr- I'd say it's arguably my second favorite out yeah. of the original. But I also would say that if you were going to ask me to watch one, I would probably pick it over the original most of the time. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I would- like this movie a lot. But also growing up. New Nightmare was the one that was on TV a lot. Oh, okay. So it's the one that I saw probably the most. So yeah. it has like that Temple of Doom effect. That makes where sense. It's just in my head. Yeah. I just was so impressed that like I I love the original one like a lot. I think that movie is like really really That's great. A damn good movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think three is like a very fun horror sequel in a way that like uh, I, very rarely I think have I seen horror sequels like achieve the kind of just like fun and like weird. It's like an adventure. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's a big old adventure movie. It almost feels like a fucking like Amblin movie set in the you Nightmare know, on Elm Street That's universe. another example of Freddy is a great concept, and they didn't put a cap on the imagination right. in one, and the series really fleshes that out as best as they can. Yeah, it's it's great. New Nightmare, the thing that impressed me was like, so it's Wes Craven returning to the series for the first time. I, mean, I think he wrote the story for three or something, but like really yeah, writing a direct... partial script credit on three. Yeah, it's so he like... This is really and his, his ret- original draft of three was going to be elements of New Nightmare of Freddy oh. entering the real world. Yeah. And the studio was like, eh, we can't really enter the legs on that. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah, he basically, New Nightmare is like, he literally just remixes all of the elements from the first one. Literally every nightmare is a nightmare that already happens in the first movie. It's it's like all of the same elements from those nightmares, but they're remixed in like a very interesting way that makes them all feel very fresh and new, even though they're the same. Yeah, they really are. Um, but part of how he makes it feel so fresh and new is for like an hour. There's no Freddy Krueger in that movie. Yeah, it, it for an hour. It's about the horror of like raising a child. It's about the horror of trying to maintain a career. It's about the horror it's about of the chaos of of life. Yeah, even earthquakes are happening. Yeah, because that's just an unpredictable chaos. The yeah. nightmare of that movie is the nightmare of being alive. Yeah. and and like I was so Stability impressed. Is an illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so impressed that like he took his quote unquote very basic simple premise from twenty years ago. And turned it into like now I'm an older man uh, with larger concerns, and Who had just made music of the heart, right? right yeah, <laughs> uh, that now understands that like what I what I might have been expressing with my movie 20 years ago when I was young and just wanted to like fuck a bunch of shit up on camera was like uh, now I'm older and understand that it's like I don't need to fuck a bunch of shit up and put it on camera to be scared. I'm fucking scared to like get out of bed tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just like puts that on screen. Horror is not scary. It's not real. Yeah, reality is scary. Exactly. It's yeah. He like puts his real anxiety on screen, and then in the last half hour is like, oh, also it's fucking the best Freddy yeah. movie you've ever seen. Oh, it's that like Freddy design is so it's fucking so gnarly. fucking good. Yeah. It's the best Freddy the design in the blood series. Claws, it's the big trench coat. The oh addition of the God. trench coat yeah. is key, it's, and that looks so good. It's so good. His fedora is crazy. It's oh, like yeah. it's his eyes are like yellow. It's it's awesome. He's a demon. Yeah, yeah. He's it's, now a demon as yes. opposed to a burnt pedophile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I really liked New Nightmare. I was just very impressed with the way it like took something that was old and made it new you know what i mean it's like it's it's fucking cool it's it's really awesome and it did the thing that like after the era of scream it got to the point that we're 
only not only just sort of getting out. Like I, th- I think torture porn was somewhat of a response to it. I also think there's the whole nine eleven thing. Yeah, but the whole idea of cynicism entering horror came from that wave of meta that first yeah. happened, where it was like we have to be cynical about it because we just all you know we just did a, a season of horror that acknowledged how fake it is. That yeah, was the meta yeah. thing. So now we've got to make it so fucking real. And now finally we're realizing that like it doesn't need to be real. It just needs to be good. It needs yeah. to be fun. You yeah. Know? And this is all broad strokes, yep, you know. Yep. There's been good and bad in of course, every era, of course. But New Nightmare, I think, was the first one to really just try and explore, at least in modern horror movies, try and explore like what what is that? Why is that? Why do we need to create fear in a world that, if we really want to look at it, is scary enough? Yeah. Why do we want to escape that scary world by looking at something scarier? Yep. And he plays with that. It's, he does. It's really, and really cool. He himself. And the whole decade after that is movies questioning why horror. Even yes. artsy shit like Funny Games is yep. questioning why do you chase this impulse? Yeah. But it started with New Nightmare. And like he himself literally gives a, an explanation for why horror in the movie. What does he say? I don't remember. So he, uh, when he's ex- when there's that long conversation, kind of like halfway through the movie, where she goes to his house and she's like, "I heard you're writing a script for a sequel to A Nightmare on Elm Street that's about me." And he's like, "Yes, I'm in the middle of it." And he starts explaining. He basically says that like, I think there is evil in the world uh, that is uh, contained within stories about it, and so if you stop telling that story, it's no longer contained. It's now back out there to be oh, evil I do remember and, and that. for yeah, us yeah. to indulge in. So if I contain it in the story where we can indulge in it on the screen with this layer of separation, we can get that that evil is the, is then contained on that screen. We're not wielding it within the world ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We that's kind of the idea. And that's kind of like the way that we we think about like healthy healthy purging of of that sort of desire. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all have violence in us, and there's yeah. a healthy way to get yeah. that out. It's like the big argument: like, do video games cause violence, or do they let us? Right. right. Uh, the house that Jack built, the Lars yes. von Trier yeah. movie that came out, that was where I landed on that movie, and it, it's a lot of movie, and I'd like to <laughs> see it again. Yeah. It's actually great. It's I really, very, I, it's I actually really want to see it. Funny. Yeah. Like, and and boldly funny, yeah. not not uh, where you feel like. A, Am I supposed to be laughing? It is definitely like, but it is fucked. Yeah. But it's, I think what Lars von Trier is working on there is the question of, do we create violent art because we want to put our violent, you know, we want to purge our violent desires into something not harmful? Or do we create violent art because we realize violence is artistic and we're trying to capture that without actually being violent? And so both of those are mm-hmm. versions mm-hmm. of we're trying to avoid our natural impulse of uh, impulse of violence yeah. either because we respect the violence too much or we're trying to purge it and like which one is that yeah I, that movie I I seem to land a little bit on both yeah yeah which I think is what troubles some people because the the suggestion that we see beauty in violence yeah. is something that that is hard to accept but i think is true yeah nobody wants to accept the fact that that violence while not good can be beautiful yeah and that's part of its appeal yeah and so i think because it allows that in it's it's an issue for and it it makes it tough for me to try and think about but the idea of just we need to get out violence and violence can be beautiful yeah is very tough but i think there's a reckoning of that in craven's interaction with horror you look back even at uh, Last House on the Left, uh, his very oh, first yeah, movie. Yep. That movie is fucking hardcore. You know, it's 
dated, yeah. but it is hardcore, and it is all about vengeance and violence mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. it means and what it looks like and what it feels. Oh, it's good stuff. I'm just ranting. I'm That's fine. Horror rules. It does rule <laughs> so very good. hard. So New Nightmares, technically number two, my last one that I'll talk sweet, about. Sweet, sweet. What is your uh, numero, numero uno? Wreck 2. I've never seen any of the Wreck movies. Man, the Wreck movies are all great, but the first two are absolutely fantastic. Are there four of them? There are four of them. The first two are found footage movies. The third one starts as a found footage movie and dissolves into a regular movie and kind of leans into comedy in a good way. Uh, The fourth one goes back to found footage, I believe. But all of them are good, but the first two take place on the same night. Um, the original one was remade into Quarantine. I was going to um, say, these yeah. are the, the their Spanish language movies, Quarantine or the English language yes, ones? Yeah. But like Quarantine 2 is on a plane. That's not what Wreck 2 is. Not what Wreck 2 is. Okay. Wreck 1 is just, hey, there's an outbreak of something in this building. There's yeah. something There's something going on in Single this building. Single location movie, right? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a news, uh, news camera yeah. is following firefighters on their nightly beat. That's all it is. And they get called to a disaster at a high rise. So they go yeah. in to check it out. And it turns out there's basically a 28 day later virus breaking out got it and now they are trapped in this building because the forces that be outside have them locked in yeah and so it's one of those movies the second movie is later that night a bunch of kids with a camera decide looks like there's something going on here let's bust into that building Mm. and see what's up and so it picks up there yeah and it's just absolutely relentless yeah it's absolutely terrifying and at the end of the first one you know what this infection is i don't say too much but in the second one, because of that information, they're able to do more with it. Oh, interesting. And it is visceral. It is disgusting. It is intense. And it is absolutely terrifying. Ooh. I watched it for the first time many, many years ago. Uh, one of my friends, she had come over to my house. Ah, oh, my first house outside of my parents' house. <laughs> and we smoked a bong. Yeah. And we put it on. And we're watching it. And she goes, I, I don't think I can... I'm going to go for a little bit. <laughs> and she just fucking left. Like one of my best friends. Yeah. We were like fucking or anything. It was yeah. just a friend yeah. coming over to watch. And she was like, I got to I gotta go. <laughs> I'll be back later to hang out. Like, okay, I'll see you later. Like, she was really legit scared. And yeah. I get it. I yeah. was definitely jacked up over it. Whoa. Yeah. I got to see it. But it, like, and it's funny. It's just an intense movie. Yeah. But I just, I'll never forget that. She was like, I can't do this. I've got to get out of here. That's crazy. Oh, damn. I, I, I do want to see those movies. I've heard a lot about them. And, and the reason I brought up that we weren't fucking yes. was so that you know that there was no, I, since I wasn't courting her, uh-huh. there was no there was no desire for me to say I can turn off the movie and wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay for me to be like, that's fine. You leave. I'm gonna finish this. Uh, I wouldn't do that to my significant other. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> that's uh, why I mentioned that. I got it. Uh, I want to throw some honorable mentions out because I have a ton. Uh, we already talked about Dawn and Day of the Dead. Uh, we talked about Jason X. Uh, Evil Dead Two is, I think, an obvious like that. That that is mentions. definitely one of the best horror it didn't sequels. Make my list because it's like it's it the, it's, saying, it's, it's the, the answer fact. to what is the best yeah, horror sequel. It's so good. Um, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, I think, is worth noting in yeah. horror sequels. It's, it's weird and crazy it, and canon films. Baby. Yeah, um, Gremlins Two, I thought was worth noting. We did oh, it on nice. the show. It's like weird and cool. Uh, I like The Conjuring Two a lot, a lot. I do too. I, I think that's a very uh, good sequel. Uh, I really like Adam Wingard's Blair Witch. I know I'm like kind of alone in that. On my but list, I put it on here. I really like list. that movie. I think that the last, actually, the last like half hour of that movie it's when incredible. it gets incredible. That's what the entirety of Wreck Two is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 It's like that awesome. kind of shit. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love that last half hour of that movie. That movie was good. That whole movie is good. Yeah. yeah. I, That's I like one it. that I wish 
they didn't reveal was a Blair Witch sequel yes. when it premiered I know. at Comic-Con, if they just pulled a split with it and called it The Woods yeah. and then let that buzz come out, yeah. it would have made ten times the money. I think so. I think and so. I think people would have liked it. Oh, yeah. You know? they This year, if they did that, they would actually try that experiment yeah. and call it The Woods. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Creep Two, which I think is a really cool sequel. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That Creep, is a good sequel. Creep Two is a cool, interesting sequel, and uh, one last one, uh, two actually. Shin Godzilla, I wanted to put on here just because oh, you and I liked that so yeah. much. It's really fun. And uh, Split was another one I wanted to put on here. That nice. is a horror sequel, and uh, I think a very sequel. good, interesting one. What's weird though is it is a horror sequel. Sequel, exactly. Not it's not. Ex- sequel, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating one. I had Dawn Day of the Dead. I had Devil's Rejects. I oh yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Halloween three season of the witch psycho yep. two uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween two yes you told me Halloween H two O is legit as well ooh uh, the Purge Anarchy oh yeah um, also the Purge election actually really all the Purge sequels <laughs> the only one I didn't really care for was the Purge mm-hmm. um, Blair Witch Creep Show two I've never seen the Creep Show the first but it has the raft which you've is told the me how much you love that yeah. oh my god it's a, it, that's like in VHS two the cult one yes the the raft is like that entry of cool. Creep Show two um. I also had uh, Friday the Thirteenth: A New Beginning. Part yeah, five. Yeah, I, I like five, that one a even lot. Even without having Jason in it. Yeah, that's the one that's directed by a porn director. Yeah, and it shows that movie's just like real sleazy and yeah. muddy and fucked up. I like that one. I kind of like that. Yeah, it really fits that. And I like the Blue Diamond on the mask. Me too. Um, Blue Diamond. Sorry. Yes. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein, Freddy's Revenge, New Nightmare, and Human Centipede Two. <laughs> awesome yeah human centipede 2 just because it leans into the idea that it's trying to be a banned movie yeah and when you look at like you know the video nasties it's taking from that um not to talk smack on tom six he's definitely a uh a provocateur and yeah not much more than that i don't y- think yeah yeah um, like human centipede 3 is like pretty awful yeah um you know he's he's just kind of like <laughs> he's like ricky gervasing his way of just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and um but there's no denying that that whatever, however he did it, where he landed with Human Centipede Two, really worked for me. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. And he, he might be brilliant. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Follows me on Twitter. Has he made like any movies other than the Human Centipede movies? No, interesting. Yeah. But he 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 he's self-proclaimed that he is the creator of a new comedy form called Vanta Black. And Vanta Black is that you've seen on like Reddit and stuff when people paint things with that pigment Vanta Black. It's that super black pigment that almost looks like it's not there. Okay. Um, and so it's just the blackest black we've ever synthetically produced is brand named Vanta Black. Okay. I'll show you a picture. It's okay. wild. Okay. Um, but uh, he Vanta Black comedy. And so I think he's hiding behind the fact that he's just a provocateur. And yeah. He's saying like, no, 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 I'm actually being funny. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. that works to a degree. I think with three, he kind of passed that degree. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just silly. Yeah. Um, but... I do appreciate that that's what he's trying to do. Sure. Yeah. 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 Fair. Fair. Uh, well, uh, I would just like to round off this episode by one more time saying, Mary Lambert, we demand that you make another movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I need to see more Mary Lambert movies. I have like a good 30 to $35 that I can toss at this GoFundMe for Mary Lambert to make another oh, movie. Oh, I was yeah. like, which one? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I got like 35 bucks to put. It's not a lot. Yeah. But... It's a lot. Yes. <laughs> I've got that for you, Mary. It's, uh, uh, I really, uh, I think she like liked one of our tweets a couple weeks ago. So I would also. I saw you like tweeting at her. I want to interview her. I know. You I know? really, I've, if for some reason you're hearing this, Mary, which I can't imagine you are, but if you are, please, I would love to fucking talk to you about your career because I really like your Pet Cemetery movies. Oh, yeah. They're really good. 
Uh, so good. They're yeah. so scary. Yeah. It's so hard, I think, to capture. When I saw it, uh, before it started, it was at the screening. So yeah. uh, Stephen King came on beforehand and he yeah. said, I'm so excited for you guys to see this movie. And, you know, like it's it is an is an opus. It's a weighty tome. Um, <laughs> yes. The movie is two hours long. So yeah. there's yeah. not, you know, of course, a, a lot of it's gone. But what Stephen King said in his intro was the kids in this. The Losers Club. He's like, yeah. you're gonna fall in love with them. You're gonna be, you're gonna absolutely love them. And this is what, uh, and he he taught me how to pronounce Andy Muschietti. Oh, he was oh, like, that's Andy how Mus- you say that. Muschietti's movie. Yeah. That's how he said it at least. Andy Muschietti. He was like, ah, oh, Puskettis. Andy Puskettis. Andy Gabagula Puskettis. Yeah. Uh, and Stephen King, he was like, well, that Andy Puschetti said what he captured was the Losers Club. Yeah. And it's I. He said I, I was in such joy watching this. You're gonna love it. And it occurred to me like that is we talked about this with Pet Cemetery, a guy whose stories he claims write themselves because yeah. he just creates characters and sets them loose. Yep. It takes a director and a screenwriter to be able to capture that, but still sell that it's a haunted car. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's a graveyard that brings people back, and uh, I, I think that that's it. Kind of takes a special talent to do that. I definitely and do. I think that. Of all of the like older King adaptations that I've seen, uh, this is one of the top tier. Uh, of, at least Pet Cemetery was for sure. And you know, to be one more degree of Kevin Bacon away from Stephen King for two, yeah, it, it speaks volumes to storytelling capabilities of Mary Lambert. Well, and I also just think that like the we have enough evidence just in King's own body of adaptation work. To, I hope that showed up on the mic. I it, we might have caught a little bit of that fart. <laughs> Uh, I, I think that uh, I, I think that there's enough evidence from uh, King adaptations that like they don't always work. Yeah, they you don't know always what I mean. Work. They don't always work, and so it does take a specific talent and voice to sort of like capture him and synthesize him properly to the screen. And it really feels like he found like a pretty good partner in Lambert because like even stuff that he's written for the screen has not necessarily been that good. Yeah, in the that's past, true. You know, cause he did write the pet cemetery screenplay. Yeah. But like he also, he wrote, wrote the shining screenplay for the TV movie. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I don't yeah. think that's very good. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh, maximum overdrive. Is that the one he wrote and directed? <laughs> and that's like, not, you know, that's crazy and fun, but it's like, that's it's not, not very yeah. good. You that's know, it's crazy like, and fun in the way that, that, uh, was not intended. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's like I, you know, it's it's not even like he himself is necessarily. It's like I think he found like the sort of kind of like, like perfect voice for him. Yeah, in, oh, yeah. in Lambert, which is is very interesting. Even something like uh, Kubrick's The Shining. Yeah, in order to fit Kubrick's sensibilities as a filmmaker, he had to depart from the source exactly. material in crazy ways. Yeah, but to be able to, you know, like something like fourteen oh eight, and I forget who directed that. Yeah, I don't remember. But like that was a huge expansion of what was a small story. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, there's miniseries and shit like that, and Nick Garrison and all that. Yes. But yeah, to be able to do it in a one-off, not miniseries movie is yeah. not always easy. Yeah. And like Children of the Corn, great example. That movie is is fun. It's, yeah. But it's not terribly good. Agreed. Um, Pet Cemetery is the same kind of fun, but it's actually like tremendously it's good. Really good. And I think that yeah, yeah, you found a good partner in Lambert yeah, with that. I think so. I want to see you make more movies, Mary. That's what I'm here to say. Seconded. Put, put my fist down. 
Uh, all right, come see us uh, if you're listening to this in like four hours uh, at 7 p.m. at Tattooed Moms. Uh, we're doing a live. Drop a three. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. I just like made that up. Uh, but yes, I will try and get this out early Sunday morning so that uh, if you happen to be listening to this the day it drops, we'll be at Tattooed Moms at 7 p.m. doing a Fast and Furious live show. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, it's to support the Headstrong Comedy Festival, uh, uh, which is part of this um, uh, fundraising event for Headstrong, which is a uh, cancer research foundation. And also, so. thank you to everybody who came out to our live show at Tattooed Moms. Yes. Uh, so for all the, the money that we put towards the Headstrong uh, Comedy Festival, thank you to everybody. It means so much that you came out. We had a blast. We did. It was a, it was so much fun. A ton of fun hanging out with the family. Yeah, good to see everybody. Yeah. Uh, so um, and uh, you can find uh, us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Tumblr, uh, Gmail at I like two movie. It's numeric two. Uh, you can email find... us, y'all. Yeah, please email us. Let us know uh, what you think of the show. Give us some recommendations, things you want us to talk about, movies you want us to see. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. It's with an F. I'm on letterbox.com slash Philadelphia. I'm still reviewing every single thing I watch, which this week included the 1931 Todd Browning Dracula. <laughs> Watched my first Universal <laughs> Monster movie this week, and it was awesome. Nice. That was your first one? First one. Never seen place it before. To start. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm going to start making my way through them. Uh, I'm and, a big uh, Invisible Man fan. I can't wait to get to that um, one. I love Not the design. It's terribly great, but yeah, it's a, and Claude Rains is like pretty awesome. Cool, cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm on uh, cinema76.com and uh, 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 All right. All right. I'm going to yawn first. Uh-huh. All right. All that stuff and more. Um, <laughs> I don't uh-huh. know, man. Uh, my name is Dan Scully. Thank you so much for coming out to the show. Uh-huh. You've been great. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's go back to comedy. Yeah. Uh, at Dan Scully on Twitter. Uh, letterboxed. Uh, check out cinema76.com, findy.com, and uh, yeah, I think that's everything, right? Sounds like everything. That's everything. Cool. I watched Christine this week, and that oh, movie dude. fucks in the butt. Christine oh is God. so good. I also watched Magic this week with Anthony Hopkins. Oh, uh, what from is that? 1978, Richard Attenborough directed, William Goldman penned, based Whoa. on the novel that he himself wrote. Whoa. That movie is gnarly. Whoa. And Margaret, total babe. Um, it was good? Yeah, it's real good. Oh, cool. oh, it's got Mickey from Rocky in it. He's Ooh. great. So good. Cool. Uh, Merges Meredith. Merges Meredith. Yeah. Merges Meredith. Dude, I'm so glad you watched Christine. I fucking loved Christine. It, well, it was one of those movies that I also dismissed the same way yep. that I dismissed Pet Cemetery, and it was because we watched Pet Cemetery, followed by you were like hype on I Christine after loved I watched Christine. it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I put it on the other day. It's just dude, fucking you, so crazy. Tori and I said the same thing. We were like, the reason I've never watched this is the premise is killer car. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Who cares? Okay, I don't, I don't care about the, way the car. I don't care about cars that much. I don't understand the idea of a killer car. It sounds dumb to me. The but whole then it's an exploration of how we assign our egos to cars. Fucking so good. It's so it's good. So good. It's and been my go to bed movie or just have on while I'm writing movie. And so over the last two days, I think I've watched Christine like four times. It's, it's so uh, good. And honestly, of the John Carpenter movies I've seen, I legitimately think it's the best looking John Carpenter oh, movie. It doubt. looks amazing. I would maybe, maybe suggest that the thing looks better sure but only because the design that the thing is going for is more suited to my taste yeah yeah um the i forget what the name was but whoever was the dp on this it yeah. looks it's so, so crisp and uh, i loved it yeah it's I, just so funny and yeah. violent and, and you know i love my secret gay movies and it is definitely <laughs> a so secret gay, gay movie it's well, that's so great good. secret about all of the 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 just like I'm gonna air quote it, all of the great yeah. quote unquote like '80s rape comedies that we always call them. <laughs> yes, is that 
when you look back, it's actually they're all just super gay. Eighties bro culture is just, just like gay it's culture. Super gay. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's so funny. Yeah. Freddie's Freddie's Revenge has it. Yes. It's yeah. full of it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh man. But it's like it's also like when a movie's going down that road. I'm always immediately like, I'm going to love this movie more now. Oh, like, yeah. Yes, I, this is it. It, yeah. it was within 10 minutes. Me and Tori were like, I was like, this is pretty gay. And oh, she yeah. was like, this is really gay. And then like a half hour in, I was like, this is the gayest movie John Carpenter's <laughs> ever made. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> but it's funny. It, it actually is kind of funny how that plays into like oh. all the characters are super gay, but they're also all these stereotypes of like the most toxic dude. You yep. know, like it's. It, it's wild to see that, and it's funny. I don't know where the intersection is between, like, bro, I'm not gay, and, like, bro, it's fuck the butt. It, I mean, to me, it's like that movie was all about, like, uh, uh, men dating women because they're supposed to date women. Yeah. Uh, but, like, otherwise not really caring for the women they're well, dating. Dating and, the woman because it's a status symbol. The yeah. same way that your car is a status symbol. The same way that your penis size is a status symbol. The same way that being manly is a status symbol. Well, and the whole so thing really is just... they, like, they sub... They, to me, it appears that they are way more into each other than they are their girlfriends. Yeah. And so then they sublimate the love they have for each other that they're not giving to the girlfriends into the love they have for their cars. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, that yeah. was very much the relationship that i kind of like saw like the way that equation went in that movie was it's like the horseshoe they went from being like i'm this hyper masculine man man and it goes all the way back around to just you know it's it's almost as like i think that these characters would review would would view homosexuality as a weakness yeah and and so like most of the time, aggressive manness is to cover some cowering weakness. Yeah, yeah. And in that realm, it very much plays where it's like, these guys are wrong in thinking that's a weakness yeah. and look ridiculous in covering it. Yes. You know, yeah. it's it's in, in hiding it behind masculine status traits. Yeah. It's very silly. It's also got the classic 80s trope of a 45-year-old teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the kid was 45 <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. Oh, who was the 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 mechanic? He was somebody. He was in something. Yeah, I can't remember now. I can't remember now. And I and I, I we don't have the time to look it up. Yeah, yeah. we we couldn't possibly. Uh, because we gotta go. We gotta get out of here. We do have to get. Out I'm, of here. I'm like so glad we talked about Christine for a minute, though. I, I fucking yeah. loved Christine. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because, because we, we like to, to movie. movie. I'm looking up that guy. Look him up. What's his name? Robert Prosky. What's it? What else is he in? Mrs. Doubtfire. Last action hero. He's the Dude, guy who gave out the tickets. That's fucking right. Yes. That's exactly what it is. 